Hey, what's up, guys and gals? Super excited to be back. Gravity Lab Radio, man, the band's coming back together. COVID is still a real thing, but we're learning how to coexist together. And that's what this has all been about recently. And and hopefully you guys, you gals out there are having a good time. Hopefully you're coexisting. You're respecting each other's boundaries. Even if you don't agree with each other, respect each other. We don't have to agree. We don't have to be right. We don't have to be wrong. We just have to understand each other's perspectives and just respect it the way it is. Man, enough of that damn soapbox. Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to by uh, brought to us by our good friends SSK. Uh, SSK is new to the Gravity Lab Radio family. They have jumped on board really recently, and what a great and wonderful group of people. I've been involved with SSK as an athlete for a while now. Uh, Mr. P. Nicklot has also been involved, and we've done a little bit of things for them as as athletes, but also uh, videos. Nick does a lot of great work. SSK came to us and wanted to uh, share a little bit of that love. SSK, a lot of you have seen the letters. A lot of you have seen some super dope pictures on the interwebs about SSK, but you really don't know what it is. Man, bottom line, they're the U.S. distributor and service center for AirTech, the Cyprus. You have a Cyprus, you bought a Cyprus, and then the United States and North America and the Western Hemisphere, there's a good chance it came from uh, SSK. They're also the service center. You send it in for checks, you send it in for maintenance, you send it in for anything, that's who you're dealing with. On top of Cyprus, SSK is also the service center outside of Europe. Every place in the world but Europe, they are the service center for LB altimeters. So if you have an LB altimeters problem, you can always go to sskinc.com and there's a service form super easy to follow. They've been a super huge help. I've been a customer for years. I've sent my Cypress in on multiple occasions, multiple Cypresses, so we have to do that every now and then. And it's simple. As soon as you get to their homepage, you can click on Servicing Center. It's in the upper right corner, super easy to find. And you're going to have a place to sign up for your own account. Sign up. They're not sharing your information. They're not anything stupid. But now I can actually log into my account. I can see all the units that I've had uh, put into service. I can see what the current status is of each order. I can see where they're at, where they've been, and they keep me up to date. I will tell you right now during this COVID, the website's not as up to date as they want it to be. So if you're currently in service, they are working on that. It is coming back. It is something that they're actively working on, but just got to make some changes. Uh, Guys and gals, the service center is so easy to use. It's so easy to follow. SSK Industries, they're a great company. They take good care of you. Super good communication. If you ever have an issue with any of your devices that you've sent to SSK, you'll be talking with a fellow named Eric, Eric Campbell. He responds right away. Customer service is what they're about. Top notch, number one in the industry. If uh, LB Altimeters trusts them with their customer service, you know they're doing something right. Check them out, sskinc.com. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook, sskinc.us. SSK.us on both of those, or just look for SSK Industries. Check them out. They are uh, blowing up their social media lately. They're really trying to lift their game up some. So give them a like, give them some love, and uh, enjoy tonight's show. Tonight's show is super cool for me. Mr. P, myself, and Mr. G, we've been looking for that fourth. We've been looking for a little bit of a switch up. And a young lady came to us a while back suggesting we needed a female perspective, and she's right. Unfortunately, that good friend, it just wasn't the right time for her. She says, man, I want to, but I just can't commit. 
But over time, we have found that fourth person. She's going to be filling the shoes with Mr. G. Mr. G is a super busy man, and it really would be a help if we could lift some of that burden by giving him some days off here and there. So this young lady will be be the alternate producer. I'm positive at times she might pick up a little co-host role here and there as well. We'll just see how the, the thing works and how the thing vibes. But tonight, back in studio together, Mr. G, Mr. P, and myself, DJ, and the new addition to the team. We're super excited. Enjoy the show. I wonder who she is. Who can I'm the be target of the meatness with 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You are listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen, what lady? The fuck up, lady! Don't show that lady yet. We are fun. We are here. We are live, (laughs) guys and gals. Mystery, mystery. There is a mystery lady amongst us. Uh, It's Mr. P. Mr. P. How you been? Hi, man. More importantly, it's Mr. G. Man, it's been a hot minute since you've been here. It has been a minute. Man, it's super good to see you. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting used to new shit, and it's been a long time. <laughs> we, we've made some changes to the show. The biggest change is personnel, and we'll talk about her in a moment. But, man, I just want to welcome Justin back. It's been goddamn, what, uh, two, two and a half months. Fuck, yeah. It's uh, crazy. What was the last show that we were all in here for? Before COVID. Did we, did we do one post? Uh, we oh, did the wrap-up. Yeah. Did you do... The, uh, was that the last one here that I was here? The Deland uh, wrap up. Were you here for Jesse? No, not Jesse. No, Petey Blake. No, VSC Blake. <laughs> no. Hey Blake. <laughs> what's up, Blake? Uh, what's your last name again? Blake Johnson. Uh, th- I was texting with him twenty minutes ago. That was a joke between him and I. Yeah. Because well. I can't ever remember his name. I remember you, Blake. Yeah. It's uh people get offended regularly. I don't remember their name. Nick, how often do I do that to you? Uh, pretty often, but you do a pretty good job of covering it up. And I think sometimes you embrace it and you make a joke about it. And then sometimes uh, Justin probably bumped the headphone thing. Is that what you're freaking out? About? Are you not hearing you either? No, I hear what? me just fine. Do you okay. not hear me? Oh, I don't hear me anymore hear, at all. Man. You don't hear yourself? No, not adjust, at all. Just just push adjust the little box over there, the headphone yeah, box. Adjust sometimes all the like there's a short the back or, or wiggle them in the back. So I think you're actually standing on it when you move that base around. All the connections really? are under your right foot. So. Um, look for the small skinny ones. I didn't ones. feel me touching it. Small huh? skinny ones right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. So the number one's going to... Ah, whoa, somebody got me right there. Was that you, uh, Justin? Yeah, it's your headphone cable. It's all wonky. Okay, cool, man. Leave it. We'll figure it out over time. Uh, it's working perfect ever since you got okay, it there. I won't touch it. Um, we <laughs> mind me at the end of the... Sorry, guys and gals. Please wait while well, we experience technical difficulties. <laughs> one of the... Of all the things I thought I would fuck up, that wasn't it? No, it had nothing to do with <laughs> us. It's just shit. Um, we're unapologetic. So guys and gals, if you listen to us over the years, we're unedited, we're raw, we we don't hide <laughs> shit. So raw. So raw, raw dog. <laughs> I don't think that's an, a, a, an adjective I would ever use for myself. Hey, what kind of person are you? Fucking raw, raw, man. But you know what I mean. Yeah. So the last show we were here together was the Delane wrap-up. So we've actually still not had a guest in here with all of us together since before February. Well, that sounds feels, right. Feels like it's been about that long. Yeah, yeah. What are you guys doing Tuesday night next week? You two over there. You can answer. You just can't be seen. Are you? Uh, so Tuesday night, I have. Yeah, that's your face. Yeah. <laughs> 
next Tuesday night, I have Mumphy on the line. Uh, Roberto Hernandez, I don't know if you remember Mumphy. Uh, he is in town. He's hanging out. He bells t- Wednesday morning, so Tuesday night's the only night we can do. Can you make Tuesday night? Look at your phones. Find out. They're all like getting there. I, I can probably do Tuesday. So we'll Probably can, yeah. Probably can. Uh, cool, man. So the new part of the show. Nick, what is it? Uh, I'm in the middle of the couch. It's really exciting. It is weird. <laughs> Usually <laughs> I'm on one side or the other. Usually up against that wall, messing with that painting when I get uh, bored or feel like I haven't contributed much. But yeah, I'm in the middle. It's great. It's really nice. Straddling a mic. Oh, yeah. there's another person Getting over there, friendly too. friendly with that little box in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> it's too easy. It's yes, too, I said that, that on That was purpose. too much of a layup. So I put out a post. Uh, I put out a little video tease earlier. I put out a post as well. And they all tease, like, who is the new person? Did you guys all see who they said it was? Who? You tell me who they said it was. Lori. You got to speak on a microphone, woman. Lori. Lori, does that sound like Lori's <laughs> voice to you motherfuckers? So... What somebody did, he, did guess me, though. Somebody did guess you, and I'll tell you... That's because Option Studios made a comment. Uh, that and two people he talked. He did just say E, though. He just did <laughs> say E, but two people talked because Brian Lawson, who made the proper guess, way to go, Brian, talked to Lori when Lori... Lori apparently shit blew up. She's like, man, people started messaging me, she texting what? me. What? Really? <laughs> yeah, she had multiple friends hit her up like, you're going to be on the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, not her phone well, because, blew up. <laughs> because our um, names are the... Like four letters, and so I think that's why. Oh, for sure, that yeah. was thought out when I did. I actually I wasn't gonna put that. I was like, wait a minute, everybody keeps guessing Lori. Oh, this will work. Lori Pataloco. Uh, what's your name again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so, guys and gals, <laughs> if you don't recognize the voice from our last episode, our last show live, we had Miss Elsa Peterson join us. If you listen to the show, it sounded kind of like an interview, didn't it, Nick? Uh, I mean, I would say that it was, but there were only two thirds of the. Uh, group knew that it, that was happening yeah so elsa had, a, true. I had no idea no idea <laughs> Elsa, when we wet wrapped the show i said elsa we had you here no we well, we wanted to do this for a while but number two we really wanted a new edition poor justin grubbs the motherfucker works super long hours super hard days he's kind of got a, a really high stressful workload i work a lot of hours too on a drop zone it's a little bit different at some point or another and so these nights get long for him, and he needed a little relief. He needed a little backup. So backing Justin up, taking back and forth duties on the desk is Justin Grubbs and Elsa Peterson. What's Hello. up, guys? <laughs> What's up? Hey. Hey. Hi. Look at them faces, man. <laughs> All them pretty faces. This is a new camera angle. This is different. I know. Yeah. Like, we don't have to go between the two to get both of us. <laughs> it's right above your monitor, Elsa. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Elsa, remember, get up on that mic. Uh, Elsa, thank you for being here. Something I want to talk with all of you guys about real quick. I like doing business meetings on the show. Is uh, I want to. I see a lot more dynamic here. Uh, Nicole Black, by the way, was the person who suggested we needed a female perspective on the show, and I agree with Nicole. It took us a while to find the. We needed a, somebody who was a tech nerd who would also fit in with the talky part. Sorry, and you do both. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I really like the idea that we have more hosts available now as well. So I'm positive there will be days like Nick and I will do most of our heavy lifting from this side, but I'm positive there might be a time Nick is out of town or even maybe I'm out of town where you guys can also access the show and take care of business. Where Justin might sleep in your bed if you're not here. Val will still be here. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, uh, you're welcome to try to sleep in there, but you got to get through that bitch. No, I mean, she she's feisty. I'm not, I'm not going in there. She's got to reach. No, <laughs> she does, man. Especially uh, that advantage is all her all day. If we're talking about fighting me, oh, dude, she holds you back by your forehead. Yeah. You be swinging. <laughs> <laughs> no hope. Uh, but I definitely want to see the opportunity for both of you guys to swing over here some. 
So if there are shows that one of us is missing, you guys, well, we're going to do a lot of plug and pay, play. So you're going to see Justin out here, I think, on the set a little bit more. Justin trying to, sorry to drop a bomb on you. Yeah. I think you're good Closer with Closer to the whiskey. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of which. Uh, and Elsa, I hope you don't mind, but you might kind of rotate in and out of this as sure. you learn the process. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Talk amongst yourself while I pour booze. Let's do it. So, uh, Justin, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy during this whole craziness? Oh, man, I've been doing a lot of uh, working and sitting on the couch. So, <laughs> you, I guess you're <laughs> deemed an essential business, right? Yeah. So, have you been working <clears throat> from home? Do you go to the office? Yeah, I've been working from home. Um, all of us uh, packed up our computers, our work computers, and set them all up at home. And uh, we've got the entire engineering group all working from home, and it's actually been working really well. Um, I've I had to go to a few job sites uh, just for um, things that couldn't absolutely be done from home where mm-hmm. I, I had to go to a job site. And it's been fucking weird. Like, it's already weird wearing all the safety gear uh, in a plant, uh, all the FRs and everything else, but then add gloves and face masks to it because you already have safety goggles on. It's like your entire body's fucking covered and it, you're trying to meet, like, a, a new client and walk down a job and you're so used to shaking hands with people. I think that was the weirdest part. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like walking up to somebody and be like, oh, hi. Oh, crap. Shit. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, what, one, of the, one of the guys I met with uh, brought up a good point. Oh, we just have to bow to each other like uh, Japanese people do. Yeah, they figured it Why out. Why did you right? look straight at me? There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> only one Japanese person Because you're the token Jap. Man, anytime somebody <laughs> asks me, how's COVID treating you? I'm like, is it because I'm Asian? Why me? What the fuck? <laughs> I love playing the race card because I'm the whitest person in the room. <laughs> but I think, yeah, between that um, and working at home just makes you available all the time. People are constantly calling you. Like we use Microsoft Teams, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think doing this shit helped me out a lot with that because, um, you know, I've dealt a lot with production and video and audio uh, and being able to share screens and, uh, control other people's computers through Teams is pretty neat, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, there's constantly people just calling you up like while you're already talking to somebody. And at first, it was really nice because uh, nobody really knew how to use it that well, and they weren't <laughs> calling all the time. So I was like, normally I have a line of people in my office trying to ask me questions and shit all day. So being at home was like a little more relaxed. Like, I can actually get my fucking work done and sit here and not be bothered all the fucking time. And then once like the project managers figured out how to use <laughs> Microsoft Teams, now it's just like I'm on a call with somebody and they're calling in and I'm in a meeting with 40 people and there's people trying to call me left and right. And it's like, can't you see the little fucking red dot that says I'm in a call? <laughs> yeah, it tells them, right? Yeah, they don't yeah. care. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't give a fuck. They need to talk to you right then, right there. Valerie deals with the same crap, man. I've watched her work from home, and she loves it. She absolutely, absolutely adores it. I, I do love it. Yeah. I'd say that. But it's funny to watch the how overly inundated you guys are. And, and fortunately for her, when the time hits, the time hits. She she is very her boss is very respectful of their work hours and home hours. Um, but my gosh, it, it's interesting. You now, sorry, I missed some of the conversation. Pouring drinks, having hold on. We got everybody with a drink now. You got your drink, sir. Mm. Yo. Here's to the new team. Here's to Cheers. Elsa. Cheers. Welcome to the club. Mr. G, Mr. P, and Miss P? Miss P. I mean, <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> makes it sound like we're married, which is probably not good. That's well, why I said Miss. I go by Elsa Josephine on Facebook, so I could be Miss J. Miss J. This button. Anyway, Miss this button. This button. Yeah, this button. GJ and P, that sounds better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyways, 
You're working from home still, or are you back in the office? Still working from home. Uh, no, no set date in sight because we've still been very productive and got shit out on time. So we've been fortunate. Yeah, and I like it. Val's nice. workplace has kind of done the same thing. They could go back by now, and they're really getting to the point where they're like, "Hey, you know, we're working well from home. Let's continue it." Um, it's been great for Val because with work, she needs to tell her like our dog just had a surgery. Fortunately, we're both home right now. But now she could actually tell the boss, I'm going to work from home this week because my dog has had a surgery and I need to be there to babysit him. And I think this has given a lot of workers that opportunity to prove to their employers their ability to work remotely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wonder how much this all changes the overall workforce in America. Man, I feel like uh, 100% with engineering, it's it's going to be a different world. Um, like we're we're already talking about the ability to be flexible even when the shit's over. Um, and, you know, just what you said, like I have, I have uh, um, a friend of mine that works for me uh, and she's uh, got little kids at home, can't always get a babysitter. Uh, you know, they, they take online speech classes now um, or they have appointments on Fridays. So it's a lot easier for her to like work a few hours in the morning, do her appointments or stuff with her kids uh, and then work from home in the evenings as well. Um, as far as our business plan goes, our work processes that we've put out were actually more efficient than what we used to be. It's pretty cool because yeah. it's forcing everyone to communicate uh, virtually. Like you can't rely on going up to somebody and asking them if they're working on something or if they're going to get shit done. We've, we've had to have online methods of saying, I'm actively working on this. Here's the queue of shit I have to do uh, because we don't have that physical handoff anymore. Also, the wasted extra conversations don't happen. Yes, thank God for that. Do, do you <laughs> feel the like the, there are distractions at home that keep you from getting uh, into the into the groove? Sometimes it's not too bad. Um, not for me, at least. Um, my girlfriend lives at home with me, but she's been having to still go into the office because uh, she works for a contractor, mm -hmm. and um, they're an essential business. They haven't shut their offices down. Uh, you know, they're electrical contractors, so. If something goes down, they need to be able to mobilize and, and get shit done. But for me, it's just been nice and relaxed. Like, I can wear fucking basketball shorts and a polo shirt sitting at my desk. Dude, Val <laughs> does it all the time. they only see the top half, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's great. I hate pants. Val does it nonstop, dude. She's got, like, sweatpants on or something and a nice, like, blousy top. And I'm like, I, I can't say much because I'm in work clothes today. I'm wearing faded old shorts that I go canopy coaching uh, in. I go to work in sweatpants on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. That's why we have the job we have, though. We work in our industry because we have beards. It's not like round upon. It's kind of normal. <laughs> so, Elsa, by the way, you have to. I, as I put yeah, the, you have to wear a beard. As beard. I put the ad together for this show, I noticed that. You always put a beard on me. No, no. That <laughs> everybody had a beard, so I was like, oh my gosh, Elsa's going to be kind of screwed here. You have to turn to the lunch lady. Grow, grow that low beard. I mean, out. There are only two oh, types no. of people in this exactly. world, which is uh, people with beards and women. Two types of men. Very, in this very world. true in this world yeah. <laughs> and in this room. Yeah. So, Elsa, or uh, sorry, Elsa, Justin, same people right now. <laughs> um, you expect it to go back to like, you expect more work at home. You don't expect the track to change or anything? Uh, at least with our business, um, that's definitely going to be a thing. I had a, a virtual uh, site walk down. Uh, with one client. That was really cool. No shit. Yeah. Um, How did y'all do, like, so, first so, of all, for 
people a site walk down is going to see a job site and yeah for for an estimate we were doing um okay. so it was a competitive bid with other contractors all on the same call and first off i thought like oh this is gonna be really fucking cool somebody's gonna walk around the plant with a gopro <laughs> but no it wasn't that oh, it dang. was it was just like a big fucking meeting with a bunch of people on it uh, and I had a kickoff just meeting. Like photos or something? Or? Yeah, just pictures oh. and red line drawings and stuff like that. <clears throat> okay, it's what I pictured. Va- yeah. I watched over Valerie's shoulder um, this week that same exact thing going down, an engineering firm pitching them a client, mm-hmm. what they want, and they did the exact same stuff. I, I try to pick and choose her staff meetings when I know it's just her office staff, and I'll go walk behind her and row myself <laughs> back behind her. I'll go sit in the background and That's eat awesome. sandwiches. <laughs> I love when she's on an important conference call and standing on the opposite side of the monitor and camera and like flashing her, just lifting my shirt up. I wouldn't do anything gross or hang out my junk. That would be absolutely <laughs> childish. Um, but I love watching the expression she makes when I mess with her. I love you, Debbie. Sorry you had to hear that. <laughs> I think it's great when people's kids uh, walk in the background, like wave at everybody. <laughs> like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Our cats join it. Elsa, we had you on the show just a couple weeks ago. You've been yeah. working through all of this as well. Yeah, actually, like, not. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't teach her the hand sign. Oh, oh no, she knows it. Right? <laughs> you yeah. on the show. Remember what this means? Get closer yeah. to the mic. Okay. Yeah. okay. Now you can watch the audio as you talk. Um, but now you're pushing me away. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Our arms yeah, are fighting. Actually, it was, like, just normal life. I mean, besides, like, that we closed our walk-in, or, you know, our lobby to walk-ins. Um, I was going to, we can pretty much self-isolate within the office, because there's only a few of us. I have my own office, so it's kind of just like, don't come in here. <laughs> and it was just like that. So, yeah, I mean, it was just like normal life. I didn't, you know, see my friends or go, you know, to my climbing gym or that kind of thing. But it was just kind of normal. So I've seen you all at the drop zone by now. Yeah. Aside from the drop zone, what's like the most crowded place any of you have been? Mm, Whole Foods. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there. I went to a German restaurant on Mother's Day. Which a German one? restaurant? Uh, Kings in Dude. Lake City. Oh, uh, the new one. Mm-hmm. Because Pearland is OG. It's down the street from my house. It's so good. Dude, have you ever been to Kings Beer Garden? I don't think so. Do Wait, you? no, no, I have. There's there one in Houston? In, uh, they opened the, the new Heights. one up in Heights. Heights. I love yeah, yeah. Beer yeah. Gardens. The, the OG is Pearland <laughs> opened like 10, 15 years ago, right when we moved here. And they have won awards for best German restaurant in America, stuff like that. Uh-huh. And it is... My uh, father-in-law is half Czech. Actually, I think he's full Czech. His uh, his parents were fresh off the boat, moved here, immigrants, etc. And he is very not picky. He's actually very open eater, but he's very like, hey, this is good food. This is good German food, and mm-hmm. he loved the place. I love Kings, dude. They have some good shit there, dude. Uh, next week, Camille. Yeah, next week Thursday, a week from today, yeah. Camille's going to be in town, and yeah. uh, I'm, we're probably going to go to King's Beer Garden. We're doing dinner Thursday night, and I told her we'll invite you. Uh, okay. Uh, you guys are also welcome to come. Uh, for those who are figuring out what we're talking about, Camille is the uh, office manager for Option Studios. So she runs and manages Option Studios business and whatnot. Um, uh, they're coming in town, her and a couple of the girls, having a meeting with Spaceland and uh, whatever. So dinner Thursday night. King's cool. Beer Garden if you want German food. Yeah, okay. So Camille and Veronica want to go on a tandem. Yes, and she's I'm told me. I'm super excited about yeah. that. Have they not jumped before? <laughs> no. No. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wild. I know. I'm super excited. It's so funny when you meet anyone who has any level of like involvement with the skydiving industry and skydiving world who and hasn't never, jumped. Yeah. So what are you doing? No, one, no <laughs> one's talked to you into this yet? What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. You're surrounded in people who can push you out of a plane. 
the thought never occurred to me till I did it though. Like general public, I feel like the thought doesn't even cross their mind. Yeah, sure. but both of them do graphic design or off or manage graphic design for skydiving all yeah, the time. Yeah, I mean mm. that's different. Yeah, but <laughs> they also don't have an easily accessible DZ that they can make the jumps out of easily. The drop zone going to them is a little bit harder, more difficult. Mm. Uh, they don't have uh, as big of a staff, and they don't. They really want to do a couple things differently, both being on the same plane, getting uh, videos for everybody, et cetera. And mm. uh, this is just an easy opportunity. They're yeah. in town on business at the drop zone. Why not jump it's from an airplane? It's going to be so rad. Yeah, <laughs> super, super effing cool. So it'd be cool to see him here, have him here. Um, yeah, I told him they have to get the video. If you guys... Man, have you ever watched your? Do you, did you get a video of your first jump, dude? Of course. Do oh, you watch yeah. it still, dude? I watch it probably once a year still. No just way, when my awesome. when my sky birthday rolls I did around. Too. Yeah. Elsa, you? Yeah, I did. He was my uh, video guy. Man, yeah. I have. How, how did I do? Was it good? bad? All right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Did he actually seem like he gave who, a fuck when he a, shot your video? What's that? That's a good question. Did he <laughs> seem like he gave a fuck when he shot your video? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Who now, was your instructor? Um, that w- oh, we talked about this. Um. Matt, Maddie, Matt, Matthew, Bessonette has Matt. Oh, has has been. Been. okay, yeah. all right, has been. I, yeah, I, I love jumping with him. Yeah. He's a he's a great instructor. <laughs> I used to love telling students, "Hey, your instructor's Jesus." It's not being silly. When he gets here, you're gonna, know, uh, yeah, bro. And he's super tall. Like I remember thinking, like I'm a short girl, and I'm with this really tall dude. Like, what's happening? <laughs> he lost a lot of weight as as an instructor too. Yeah. Like when I started, he was a bigger guy of like someone in my head that was gonna have a fast fall rate, mm-hmm. and then he lost a lot of weight, and he got a lot slower it's so yeah. funny because to me matt got fat because i've known matt longer <laughs> than <laughs> so i picked up in the middle yeah okay. yeah yeah you picked up in the middle of our lives together man i uh sh- i i have probably one regret from covid i want to talk a little bit about covid not because yeah. i care about that bullshit but like things it's like history where's know? the most crowded place we've been we're still in that uh, my regret i want to eventually talk about and my biggest regret is i'm never off weekends i had a bunch of weekends off I had an opportunity to safely visit some friends because I know we'd be mindful about our space, our community, and our, our, our whatevers, um, and not spending time with Matt and his wife at their new house that I haven't seen in like five years. It's not a new house anymore. Mm. Well, everyone knows you're a bad friend, so it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Notice I locked eyes when I said that one. <laughs> I liked it. Felt good. Oh, it's like making love the first time. Wait a minute. <laughs> Does it hurt, supposed to hurt me or you? I'm not sure. <laughs> what I have won't hurt anybody, buddy. Not, not a damn soul. So what did, uh, what, um, where's the most crowded place you've been? Justin was Kings, right? How crowded was yeah. it? Um, we actually went when they first opened, uh, just because it's right behind the house and we were fucking sick of being co- cooped up. Mm-hmm. And there were three people there. It was great. <laughs> like we had the entire restaurant to ourselves, yeah. and I, the food was excellent and fresh. It was Right off the server. Server had a mask on, I bet. Yep. And gloves. I really would like to get out to eat. Um, Little Tokyo Pasadena opened up a few days ago. Oh, nice. They stayed closed longer. The owner of Little Tokyo was a little bit more concerned, as was I. And not that I think anybody was wrong, but I think we should phase it out and stage it out and let people take their turns. And Mm -hmm. and people have been proving it good. Uh, But Little Tokyo Paraland is not open yet. And that's... I'm hoping Camille likes sushi because that's my goal. Like, hell yo, you like sushi? Because my favorite sushi joint just opened back up and they owe me like a hundred bucks. So let's go. But then we went on Mother's Day and it was as full as they would allow it to be. Uh, everyone had to make reservations um, and the tables were separated, but 
six you know, feet ish apart. Yeah. Man, that's got to be such a crazy industry <clears throat> to be in right now. The restaurant is, it's like mm-hmm. you've seen, like, think about any restaurant you've seen turn over a few times in the time that you've been, right. been aware that it's there. Yeah. And like, that's with, you know, full capacity allowed, no crazy rules, no one's afraid to go out. And it's like, man, now with all, with like, I don't know how any of them are going to stay in business if this uh, keeps going this way. I've, uh, for two reasons, I've been really supporting the, the local uh, restaurants around me. One is I'm lazy as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And two is I definitely don't want them to go out of business because they've got some excellent food. And just like you said, it's hard enough. Like there's big enough turnaround with restaurants when shit's all normal. And I think the saddest part about like about that is it's a local small restaurants that are going to have the hardest time. Like Chipotle is doing great. Mm-hmm. Like th- they have enough uh, m- mobile deliveries and you know uh, Uber Eats and mm-hmm. and and that was like already set up even before. Yeah, the whole people thing. have been doing that already. But it's like these small restaurants that that's you know it's a dining experience and it's owned by a family. Like yeah, those, right. those are the people that are having it tough. Yeah. But like Justin said, like I feel like I've been more inclined to support those businesses, like especially like local businesses, the small businesses. Yeah, more so with the ones that aren't chains, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When that it, I mean, should always be the way you feel. Yeah, well, it I feel be, like uh, I'm uh, always trying to penny pinch, you know? I'm like, oh, I can't be spending money. And then now it's like, well, I have a good reason for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I get it for sure. For years, I would always like preach local economy, but I'd pinch the pennies. And <laughs> Valerie and I are very blessed to be in a comfortable enough place to say, forget the extra few pennies and let me support a brother or a sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us in the room know Bighorn Barbecue, and Nick knows my propensity for those fellas. They're super good. Uh, a couple brothers who own it, and when I say brothers, they are two like last name, same mom, same dad brothers. Nick asked me this question already. <laughs> like, <laughs> are they brothers? Or are they brothers? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Pro- probably. The you see the movie Zoolander right? for sure. Okay. Absolutely. All right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make the joke he makes. I don't know if our if the current political climate is gonna be uh, suiting for that, but. Uh, but yeah, that's a funny joke. That's great. Man, I'm going <laughs> to sidetrack real quick the current uh, climate. And, and I'm going to say, man, I'm all for all, first of all, freedom of speech. We need to be able to speak up. We need to be able to speak loud. We need to be respectful. We need to not hurt each other. All that bullshit. And I'm not going to be for against the rights. I'm not going to be for against any. I'm not going to speak to any of that. But here's what I'm going to fucking say. The game I play Delayed the launch of the new season because of these fucking riots. Now it's personal, man. <laughs> <laughs> now it's fucking personal. I yes. got refunded all of my fucking Astros tickets. Fuck this shit. <laughs> Dude, the PS5 it launch like fucking conference got delayed because, man. So, so the games are canceled because of the riots? They have been. They haven't given up on it entirely, but... Man, they they probably saw the yeah, Yeah, but the light at the end of the tunnel. They're like, all right, this COVID situation not so bad. Maybe we're gonna get some baseball games in. Yeah, maybe so. And then and then the riots are. Yeah. Adding to that? Than that. Hmm. I think <laughs> Chicago, if I get it right, I might be off by a day or two, but I think it was tonight is the last night of curfew for COVID. Nope. Psych. Curfew for riots. For riots now. Yeah. And, and, and please, guys and gals, do not take me wrong. I'm joking when I say it's now affected me because it's about my video games. It is about a greater cause. It is about a greater good. Giving everybody equal rights. Giving everybody equal treatment. Giving everybody respect. And I think there is a lack of respect coming from a lot of directions. Mm-hmm. So love each other. Respect each other. We don't have to agree. We don't have to believe. But we have to respect each other. None of this shit would be a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure. not always the most respectful person. And if you know me well enough... You know there's a respectful way to call me out, and I will swallow fucking crow. Nick and I have had this problem back and forth our entire friendship. 
Not a real problem. No, it's not a problem, but it's, uh, yeah. we know how to call each other on some stuff. Um, we do, but I think we're receptive to each other. Yeah, I don't think either one of us takes offense to the way it comes across. And it, yeah. And I'll actually throw down to Justin for one second, because Justin and I recently had an exchange that I tried to be polite and respectful to you about, and you took it a little more personally than you should have, and you came back to me, and you were such a fucking man and said, dude, thank you for talking respectfully and honestly to me. Yeah. And dude, absolutely love it. And, and that's what fucking friends are about. Fuck the show. Fuck everything we do. It's the friendship this room creates, which is why we were super picky to add your sorry ass to mm. the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picky, picky. Uh, it's... Man, we this is episode one thirty nine, two hours at a time. We've spent a fuckload of time together. Yeah, the dynamic in this room gets tricky. Yeah, it hasn't yet. I don't no. think it has. No, I'm super honored. It's like, like exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it it is fun. Um, where's the most crowded place you've been, Elsa J? So I don't go anywhere. Um, Loser. yeah, besides the DZ. <laughs> well, because of COVID. Um, yeah, like I guess. Yeah, shopping for groceries, whether it be, you know, H-E-B or Whole Foods. Yeah. And I've seen actually a more or less and less people wearing PPE. Um, you know, like a couple months ago, it was like 60, 70 percent people like, you know, wearing their face masks and stuff. And then, you know, I went the other day and it was like probably 20 percent or something, you know, just people are just kind of diminishing. It's like, I think it depends has it gone a, away? a lot on the part of town that you're in. Sure. Like when you're out... Uh, you're in the hood. <laughs> if you're in the hood, <laughs> if you're in Angleton, well, also I mean, pe- people aren't really, you know, those smaller towns, people just don't take it as, or haven't seemed to take I'm it as seriously. I'm in a pretty big area. I'm in the woodlands, you mm. know, and so I feel, I don't know. I don't know. Well, do you think that people are just getting more comfortable and less I think threatened people by are, Yeah, they're just getting comfortable and like forgetting about it. Like, it doesn't, you know. When do masks go away? When are masks no longer a thing? It's you a know, really good question. My mm-hmm. thing is so like, you know, in, in China, like people wear masks daily. Like that's like a personal choice for them to wear it. And so I think it's just going to end up being something like that. Like we're kind of just going to morph into like it's not going <clears> to be required or discouraged. It's just going to be like whatever you guys want to do. I wish it was a little more like that here. Like mm-hmm. at least if you're not feeling well, if you have a little bit of a cough, wear a goddamn mask. Yeah. And I grew up in the culture. It, it, we joke around, but growing up in Japan for a while, that's what we saw are the Japanese folks wear a mask for them not to get people sick, not to protect themselves. Right. Uh-huh. Of course, some is and for the And that's the dust. misconception, right? That it's like, because I just saw a guy just driving here. He's in his truck wearing a mask. <laughs> I've seen some of those. You know? And I'm like, I, I got to give them credit. It might be to get comfortable or used to it. It might be. That's true. That, that's that when I started. Question. Same. When I started this yeah. whole thing, I started practicing having a mask on my face. Sure. And he talked me into the same. And sometimes, yeah. you know, I might have just gotten in my car from the grocery store and still have hands that I don't want to touch my face with to mm-hmm. pull the mask yeah. off. Yeah, no, that's or, true. Or I'm about to get to the store and I put it put it on before I left. So I, I will absolutely be that crazy yeah. person that you see driving in a car by themselves with a mask on. That's yeah. Me. And then this other one I passed, like do- he was flying down the highway and he had his gloves on. He's holding his steering wheel, his like girlfriend in the seat. Like they have like all their PPE still on. I'm just like, I don't know if you guys <laughs> get it, but whatever. You know, get bless them for trying. Bless yeah, them for being. No, exactly. Th- for, I want to say being thoughtful, but if they were thoughtful, they wouldn't be doing that much. I, uh, the first two times I went out in public, I wore my mask driving at Nick's suggestion. So when I got there, I had some level of comfort with it. Um, I actually take my mask off as I get in my car, but I think I've said it on the show. My left hand 
does not touch anything. It's mainly in my pocket. I'm not playing pool. Um, and my right <laughs> hand touches anything in the store. All my transactions, everything is with a hand. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. When I leave the store, my left pocket has two things. It has my um, it has my uh, phone, so my phone's never touched with my right hand. And it has my, uh, what's that stuff called? that you Antibacterial soap um, that Nick told me to buy my own of. <laughs> hand sanitizer. Stop uh, using hand sanitizer. your own. Yeah. <laughs> I got a box, by the way. Um, hand sanitizer. It's very responsible of you in the current climate. Oh, dude, it's, uh, you know. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, I was, happy to, I was happy to get a hand can you, sanitizer bottle for I this. think you can probably find it at the stores now, right? Again, I have sanitizer. no clue. I had an extra. Oh, yes. Uh, Val did buy some little bottles of hand mm-hmm. sanitizer. Um, they limited two per person. Uh, Bath and Body Works. Go fuck yourself is the best place to buy <laughs> hand sanitizer. Because nobody thinks about it, huh? Well, who's going to go buy yeah. frou-frou smelling hand sanitizer? <laughs> but they sell like, like I have Val bought a bunch and didn't want me to smell like a girl apparently. So she bought Atlantic, which is like kind of ocean mist spray spell. Right. It's like the fresh one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can't it's call it ocean. They have to call it Atlantic. Yeah, because <laughs> it's probably like a rip off of somebody else's name. <laughs> Why not Pacific? Yeah. <laughs> Can you be more specific? specific. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we we got hand sanitizer for the drop zone from a local distillery who started yeah. making uh, high concentration alcohol hand sanitizer. Oh, pretty easy. And then it Make comes like in their alcohol bottle too. Some right? of them, yeah. yeah. There was uh, <laughs> we've got it from a couple different companies, and one of them looks like it would be vodka bottles off the shelf. Yep. And then uh, oh, the it's uh, like please label that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still want someone to drink it and tell me what it's like. Right. Uh, you work with <laughs> professional skydivers. We've got a chance. <laughs> yeah, there's a good chance. Hey, John Barry's coming back. See, We've got a chance. see, this is what I'm afraid. <laughs> this is what I'm afraid of is that I'm going to get the wrong, the the right person who's going to try it. They'll be like, "Yeah, that shit works," and then they're going to start stealing it, and then it's going to disappear. Oh shit! So I can't get the wrong per- the person who get the right wrong person. Yeah, it's got to be <laughs> someone who will make bad decisions. Or but the wrong right person. John Barry, come bad. back. Come on, John. John, we need God, you. I'm excited to have him back. Man, speaking of John Barry, yeah, I don't coming back. think I'm stepping too outside the boundaries because this was on public social media. Do you see Ivy and DQ's news? I did. I'm wondering so if they're trolling or not. They're not. We've okay. had private conversations. Well, congratulations to them. Yay. Yeah. Uh, no, dude, it is so badass. A lot of you have uh, heard and seen of Ivy and DQ, both been on the show, both super dear friends of, of all of us in the room, and they are due December 2020. Um, Nick, for sure, I understand because DQ is the biggest fucking troll I've ever met next to a guy named Guru. Um, it really, it's ironic yeah, how that, similar they are. It's a shared <laughs> skill set for them. Yeah. Um, but no, we've shared some personal exchanges. Uh, Ivy has been pensive. And, Ivy's tried to tell me a couple times, and mm-hmm. you, I, she actually, today, she's like, uh, now does everything make sense? I'm like, yeah, in this situation. She's like, I want to tell you. I'm like, I could tell you had something, but you weren't ready. So congratulations to our friends, guys and gals. Uh, I, I kind of let in... A little public laundry, but they posted it on social media. So first wave of uh, quarantine babies, <coughs> dude. <laughs> it's the Rona. It's Rona the, romance. So you know somebody's gonna name their kid Rona or. Corona. I've been lucky so far. I'm knocking on wood over here. Verona. <laughs> right? Verona. Veronica, you heard it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Rona, Rona. My, 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 Verona. So the most crowded place I've been, grocery stores. Um, I don't think that really counts because that's going to be the common answer. Yeah, yeah. you got to go there. Second most crowded Can't places I've me. been have always been uh, Home Depot, Hobby Lobby, places like it that were making you What do you, you get at Hobby Lobby? 
I do. I told you I went and got paintbrushes from my D and D miniatures. Oh. Remember yeah. the paintbrushes from my. And he couldn't get his the Mod Podge. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> so it worked out. The Mod Podge I got was better for what we wanted. Oh, good, so good. it worked out awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I let you listening to me. This little fucker over here, guy. Dude, my, my, I listen. <laughs> Nick, I just for once, remember. I'm as clueless well, as you are. I also like crafts. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm nerdy. Stuff. You lost me at D and D every time. <laughs> Talk, talk about gaming of any sort. I just don't. I just don't. I can't That's relate. okay. I don't blame you, my brain. Bit, man. I don't blame you. Shut up. <laughs> uh, You're just mad that I have a Star Wars <laughs> mask and you don't. I love your That's what it is. I got a Darth Vader one. Yeah, oh, it was pretty that's awesome. Dope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, somebody uh, the other day is Jason Rung yesterday at the DZ. No, uh, Nick Serrera. I was coaching him. Uh-huh. And he's like, yo, dude, so you went to Disney World. Like, did you get to, like, did you go to the Star Wars land? And all he wanted to do for the next 15 minutes was talk. So you know me. I'm like, oh, you want to talk about Star Wars land? I had so much fun sharing the stories and showing him pictures and shit. You're both nerds. It sounds right. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> Skates and Nick Serrera on the show together. That's the goal. They talked to me about that today. I saw them both. Perfect. What did they say? Jimmy seems very apprehensive. And I told him, hey, we're about to do a show in a couple hours, and I've prepared nothing. I have nothing to say, hey, and you I know what's going to happen. Too. Yeah, so is everybody. Yeah. So is it? Ask anyone who comes on the show. They're like, "Oh yeah, how do we talk for two hours?" Well, if it's a problem, you just stop talking. A DJ will take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> just, right. just look at DJ, and he'll just keep talking. Yeah, I'll just say stuff, words together, mumble, See, pull cords out. up. You got that gift. <laughs> the gift of gab. It's uh, it's been a recent joke amongst a few of us together because we we all do work together in different capacities. I can bullshit my way through almost anything, man. That I th- is, I is think a gift I have. I have an internal chatter that happens the same way that your external chatter happens. Mm-hmm. Mine just, I think I'm a more visual person, so the words don't necessarily have to fit. Like in the chatter that's going on in my brain, it doesn't matter if all the words don't fit and flow because I'm the only one that hears it and I know what I'm thinking. But you have it going the other way where it seems like even even when we're talking about uh, business stuff, let's say, it seems like you really benefit just saying the words out yeah. loud because that's just how you think. It slows my brain down. Okay. So, it, it, And for a lot of people like me, we talk our processes out, out loud um, and as fast as we talk, our brains are moving two to three times faster. And I verbalize... like. You mentioned on this show and particularly LB Live that I'm really good at pulling into the question, I guess is how we'll say that. I would describe it as you're really good at bullshitting your way into the next question. <laughs> yes. Of like you're you're you can still talk and build the question and that doesn't interfere with your thinking that goes into, you know, what you're gonna say next. That's yeah. a great, gently ease the tip in. That's right. the great description. And here's where my brain really is during that. The question's already there, but there's five others. And I have to slow it down enough to grab that one out of the air and say, this is the right time, the right place, the right moment. So the talking out slows down my brain. It, it's Imagine, I have a really strong, good filter. Imagine what doesn't come out. Hmm, I'm, I'm not kidding. It really like, and, and I'm a vulgar person. I'm, I'm vain, not vain. I'm vulgar, I'm gross. I'm vain, I'm also good looking. I can't <laughs> help it, man. Um, but your beard looks nice. It's a good length. You're right also now, extraordinarily humble. Say, it's a good length too. I don't like it at all. Sometimes it's a little Val. like raggedy. I like I mean? that look. And so <laughs> you does like Val. the raggedy look, man. It's Val and I both love the <laughs> look bushy, at the video Paris right looking beard. He's yeah, wearing yeah. the the yeah, exact same thing, <laughs> uh, but his beard is longer. 
Am I wearing the exact same thing as right now? Yeah. Maybe not the shorts. We can't see the shorts. I don't <laughs> can't know. Can't see the shorts. What, I wonder what picture. It'll show up on my preview a little bit later on. Yeah. So because I guess you can oh. see more gray in that one. Oh, so this button's connected to that monitor. I thought it was this monitor. No, this is connected to that. Whoa. I'll make happening? that work later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that monitor's not connected properly right now because we're making changes to the producer's ch- desk. Ch- ch- changes. Man. Changes. So where's the most crowded <laughs> place you've been besides the drop zone and a grocery store? I, I think Home, home Depot's right up there. How was your Home Depot experience? Well, I had about a dozen of them. So Are you fixing your house? No, getting things ready at the drop zone oh, sure. to, to get back open. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in the phase of you have to wait in line to be let in. There was some of that. I did that once. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, like I, some I days that was happening, drove some by days it. it wasn't. Like I saw the line out the door, like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll order it on Amazon. The, the lines would go pretty fast. All, all of the lines that I stood in, yeah. uh, Target was another place that I had to stand in line. HEB is another place I had to stand in line. Yeah. The lines go pretty quick. This, the lines just look so much bigger because of the social distancing. Yeah, so it's like, out. oh, that looks like a crazy line, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's like half as long, maybe third. But. Chipotle just now was pretty crowded and no one was giving a shit about social distance. Right. It was like there's markers on the floor for social distance. So when people are in no line to it. go up to the start ordering your burrito, the people are kind of doing it there. And then once you're in front of the counter, everyone's packed shoulder to shoulder yelling about yeah. their burrito. I know. Like, don't, not that one. Yeah, yeah I noticed that, too. There's it, it, there's a meme going around about how, like, Texas just decided that covid doesn't exist anymore and i've i've witnessed it a couple times yeah fucking texas watch out <laughs> you actually mentioned a while back that everybody recognizes good social distancing now and you can see it's just naturally a thing but you also mentioned i'm sure over time that's going to deteriorate and yesterday at the drop zone i had people trying to show me stuff and talk to me and a lot of them just recognized social distancing and said hey do you mind to get a little bit cl-? that was great and some people just got up in my airspace that pre-COVID I didn't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. During COVID, you know how I feel about being germ aware. <laughs> I actually yesterday at some point put my foot on a stool to kind of like get comfortable. And then when I got comfortable for a second, I actually moved the stool between me and the person so they'd stop walking close to me. <laughs> not joking, man. It's like, you're not taking hints. So here, there's you're a like close talker. Yeah, no. it's, it's a really weird situation, the whole thing. Of like, I don't feel I personally am not worried about me getting sick and how things have gone at the drop zone so far. We haven't had any staff, uh, you know, pilots, instructors, people who have been on the airplane a lot. And we've been open more than 14 days, right? We've been open for tomorrow will be three weeks. Exactly. And we've had some really some busy days. And this you can think about it one of two ways. You can think about it of, uh, you know, we don't really need to do this stuff anymore because no one's getting sick. Or we can think, hey, we're doing a good job of using masks and hand sanitizer that's everywhere so no one's getting sick. Mm -hmm. And I think that people start to feel too comfortable too quick. And it's like, I don't want to wear, I don't want to wear the mask. I don't want to do it. I know that other other people don't want to do it either. But it's like, hey, I'm going to wear it as, you know, I'm thinking about as I'm respecting the people who are worried and respecting the people who are high risk. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm if I w- I know my mask isn't keeping me from getting sick, and that's not what my worry right, is. But what if you're but asymptomatic, right? And what if I'm asymptomatic, or what if I'm um, and what if I'm asymptomatic and I'm around someone who, you know, I don't know who lives with their grandma. I don't know who has you know interactions in their life where they're around those high risk people because mm-hmm. I I'm not. I mean, 
DJ, you might be the oldest people or oldest person to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. See, Steve we're so Senior. boring. Yeah, that's true. But um, Boyd. So, so I just think it's a matter of respect Tanya. of like the, yeah. the, the people that don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> people that don't want to wear a mask because they're not afraid of getting sick. Oh, cool, great. You're an idiot. And you, I mean, that's rude. But you just people don't get how how it works and the reason we're wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah, I remember reading an article like this was weeks ago. Whenever it was kind of like controversial, like what should we should we not we're getting a lot of like mixed messages you know like do we wear them or not mm-hmm. and it you know it went through all the different things and then it was you know kind of saying it's more like a camaraderie thing i'm wearing it to protect you you wear it to protect me and we're in this together and i really liked that kind of it was like a symbol i see it a little bit differently and i for sure dig what you're saying i see it as a reminder of behavior uh, we're wearing a mask. We need to be thoughtful of how we're touching things, where we're touching mm-hmm. things, where my face and my hands go. I agree. Um, and, and I think all of these components exist. And, and I think we all need to understand each and every one of these components. Uh, of all the people in the room, and, and Nick jokes and teases with me, we had our staff meeting at Spaceland to say we're opening back up. And Nick led that meeting, also announces the new manager, by the way, I think Thank officially you, on the show. Much. Congrats. Uh, Skydive Spaceland Houston's newest operations manager day-to-day runs the fucking show as Mr. Bye Nicholas Lott, Mr. P. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you Did got a lot of heavy lifting. He has been really <laughs> active. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, dude, I, I bet I still have that app. So you have the ham horn? I can actually put that on that board. Oh, shit, yeah. We got some empty buttons. Yeah, but let's do the we got to be careful we don't yeah. overuse it. But I can put any sound effect on that I want. We can put 15 keys. Yes. It's the best yeah. app ever. You just got to have it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyways, Mr. P, I forget what I was saying. Oh, so he starts the meeting with like, hey, guys. That's better. Sorry. <laughs> That's we, how he started the meeting. <laughs> we, we, went through this, uh, we went through. The, we started the meeting with Stephen Boyd almost making everybody cry the way he introduced Nick Law. It was nice. That was, it was very heartfelt, man. Stephen obviously put a lot of thought and emotion into that introduction, and I 100% stand behind everything he said with respect. Uh, but Nick's like, hey, so we went through this process to make sure like we're as COVID safe as we could be. And uh, so I brought my most germaphobic friend in, DJ, to go over the process <laughs> and make sure if he felt okay, everybody would be okay. And as germaphobic as my sorry ass can be, and, and more germ-aware than anything, found out recently it's a family trait. It is not just me. I think we've talked about that in my family. My sister after the show goes, yes, it's us. It's not. It's We don't hug. We don't like germs. My, my Do poor you think sister. your parents kind of... A hundred percent. My dad and I've talked about it now. Oddly enough, my dad started listening to the show here and there, which I, my behavior here, I love and respect my father. I do not cuss in front of dad, not out of any other reason, but he doesn't like it. So out of respect to my father, I don't cuss. When Nick and I started the show, I would be borderline cussing. He's like, get the fuck over it, bro. Cuss. And my problem went down to disrespecting people who don't like it. And, And with all due respect to those who don't like it, you don't need to listen to the show. We're not for everybody, well, I, and I'm okay. I, I love that the show feels like it's an appropriate conversation for the people in the room. It's and I think that that's what makes it enjoyable to listen to, is it feels like you're just hanging out with people that you know. And I, I honestly think that it's kind of neat that your dad can listen to the show, just in a way of like, how cool of a way to get to know your son as a person mm-hmm. instead of your son as a, as a son. As a, as a canned responsi- personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am canned. I am produced to what my father, to, to, to respect my father. He does not mandate it. He does like, he, they, my parents are so respectful about me being different than them with 
morals, cultures, and values. And I, I think religiously we agree, but to, to everyday living, I can say fuck and have a scotch and my dad doesn't like that. Um, respect to my dad, so I don't do it in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is cool that I, him and I, like, dude, our, our relationship recently has always been really good. But there's been a little bit more looseness between him and I, and I actually love it, dude. I love my dad kind of cutting a little bit more loose with me, treating me more like a homie and a bro because mm-hmm. my dad's been a big, bad, tough Marine ever since I've known him. 28 years is a fucking Marine. I mean, like, I worked in the Marine Corps mess hall as a child. When people go, your father's taught Marvin? Why didn't you tell anybody? I'm like, dude, I'm my father's son. I, I don't want to be... He was a known high-ranking officer or a high-ranking enlisted man on the base. It's like, I don't like this. Um, today, my dad is just some dude who's retired, having a damn good time building a pool deck for his little granddaughter. And I love, I love how vulnerable it's made my father and I's relationship. That's a word that you've used a little bit more recently. I, I like that it. word. Yeah, it's really good. It takes strength to be vulnerable. I believe that. Yeah. So I want to move on from this. Uh, so yeah, man, the COVID shit, I, I, as much as like mask goes and I'm germaphobic, I don't think we... Need to be wearing masks everywhere we do if we behave responsibly and in good ways. But I think the respect of each other, the camaraderie and the and, and the love and friendship together, and the awareness of how to behave are all also awesome from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it takes me wearing a mask to be able to hang out with my homies, to respect community, respect exactly. society, I'll do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I For taught sure. a canopy course on Saturday. It's ten hours total. It's about six hours of speaking. Man, it gets humid in the mask. You start mm-hmm. breathing humidity. You start getting a runny nose. You start getting a cough and, and a sore throat if you're not careful from teaching too And long. then you can have like carbon dioxide poisoning, right? Or yeah, like whatever a, that's a called. A buildup of carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. yeah, where you're not getting as much oxygen as you, as you should because it's all living in your mask. Mm-hmm. So that's the important part of taking your mask off periodically throughout the day and getting some, some clean air and, a, and yeah. a good reset. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a challenge, but dude... Thanks for giving us the opportunity to hang out. Mm-hmm. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to jump. And Elsa, you hit the nail on the head. We've been over 14 days. And that's the thing I watched for. Is I, I didn't think Spaceland, Skydive to Land, or any of these other things did the wrong thing by opening. Mm-hmm. I think they think they did the right thing. And there are drops. Deland's one of them who's at least a week ahead of where we are. And they've yet to hit the... No problems. You know, the craziness. Mm-hmm. And you actually consulted with their director of operations, their manager, uh, Kristen Johnson, whose episode will be released next week. Uh, Kristen Johnson, uh, you guys talked about it before we opened. Yeah, she was, uh, you know, uh, we haven't talked about Braden on the show. I, w- I wonder if we'll get to that. Let's anyway, go. so we had a mutual friend, and that's how, you know, when everything happened with Braden, uh, her and I talked a little bit because I knew that she wasn't on Facebook and may have been be- uh, missing some of the stuff that was being shared in uh, Braden's memorial page on, on Facebook. What was his nickname over there? What do they call him? She called him... Uh, I was trying to remember that. Not Big Smitty, that's us. No, it was B something. I don't remember what she called him. I just remember we didn't know who she was talking about yeah. at first. So I, so that's why I was in, in uh, contact with her, and then when I heard that Deland was opening, uh, I knew that she would have some, some good info to share, so... It was nice to have, uh, you know, to not be the first ones figuring it out and to see that other people were trying to do masks. And I don't know how, you know, skydivers are hard people to enforce new rules upon. Sure. Especially when you're busier being cool. And, you know, like uh, I get if, if the people who are super cool in the drop zone were setting a good example of wearing masks, 
I'm sure that that goes a, a long way with the rest of the community uh, wearing masks. But if the people who are super cool and who kind of set the standard and, you know, they're the cool guy examples that everyone wants to follow and they think masks are stupid, you're, you're probably going to have a, a tough go of it. But uh, where, am I answering a question? I feel like I'm rambling now. We're rambling, man, and I just want to take that sidetrack that you just took, and I got I just love to braid it, man. Yeah, it's tough. It's been a really hard thing to really process. I feel like uh, with how well I knew Braden, and it's like it feels instinctive to say how well I know Braden because it feels like he's just going to pop out at some point. Surprise and guest. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if I hadn't talked to the person who found him, and hadn't heard her account of it, uh, it would be even more difficult for me to believe that it was true. And it's really sad. Um, for those who don't know about Braden, he was kind of like our... I, he's a huge reason that I got involved listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and that my love for listening to podcasts and my willingness to do the podcast, I would say he deser- deserves a lot of that credit. He's a large inspiration to why I started the podcast, mm-hmm. and he was actually my intended partner. I wanted him as my co-host. He is a big house why we started the show. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I interrupted. I just want to. Oh add no, that. it's all good. He he had a. He's the one who dubbed me Mr. P. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he uh, he's our he he did our intro. He is a big he did our intro. Yep, yep, and he's a big reason that I ever started taking video production stuff seriously. He uh, was a super influential influential person over uh, probably everyone that knew him. And uh, he, uh, it's really weird to say. I don't, like, I can't find the words that sound good when I say it to say that someone committed suicide. He took his like, life. He, he took his life, to say, but to say he killed himself, to say he, you know, it, none of it, none of it feels good. None of it sounds good. And I don't know the, the right I've words. I've always been a fan of took his life because it is a choice he made and he took it. And I mean, back a little bit to to my history and my lifestyle of going through pastoral theology as a major, a lot of what we talked about was counseling, grieving, uh, things like that. And and I've always connected well with grieving. Um, Actually, through Braden, uh, Stephen, you, myself, had a little bit of conversation and talk. And if you were friends with me or if you're friends with me on Facebook, you may have noticed I put a playlist on Facebook one day that, that just said it fits the mood. And I'm going to lose it tonight, and I'm okay with that. But it fit the mood because it was the darkest fucking deepest hole I could dig myself into, man. It was some of the most suicidal, fucked up music, musicians who killed themselves, some of the greatest who have ever fucking been. And I let myself, oh, anytime I've dealt with, with, with suffering and sorrow, I just let myself fucking dive into the hole and feel the pain my friend felt, man. And it just burdened me so much to, to, to know that my friend was suffering that much, even though he was one of the happiest, most go-lucky guys out there. And I know I shared that with you and Steven, and, and I know Steven told me right away, it's too heavy, dude. I can't do that. And, and I have to. I have to rip the Band-Aid off. I've cried twice now over Braden, and one was the day after. Nick, thank you so much. I was gaming when you called me that night, and I was two minutes out from finishing a game. And I told a good friend of mine, Luke, man, I love you, Luke. Thank you so much for that night. Brother, I just found out a good friend of mine committed suicide. And uh, Luke sat with me for four hours gaming that night, knowing that I wasn't gaming, knowing that I didn't give a fuck. I just needed a friend, man. And, and, and he knew I needed a friend, and Luke stayed up past his normal time. He, he needed to go to bed, and he didn't give a shit. He stayed up with me. And I was fine that night. I was okay. I was lost, and that was why I was okay. 
I wanted the game as a distraction. I wasn't ready to, to process it because I wanted to go to sleep that night, and I wouldn't if I didn't. And the next morning, I sat at my desk, and I struggled, and I struggled, and I said, fuck it, and I put on a playlist that just let me emotionally go, and uh, I appreciate it, man. We've talked so many times about how you and I both appreciate a good cry, how embracing your emotions really helps. And, uh, man, Braden meant a lot. I knew the day we talked about him on the show this would happen between both of us. And uh, I don't know where I'm going or where I've been, but man, if you guys have that friend, reach out to him. You don't know who needs love. Brayden was one of the most optimistic, most upbeat, most outgoing personalities I've known. Everybody I know will say that about me, and I think he was more than me ever could be in that aspect. And, And I've had plenty of friends commit suicide, and every single one of them, and Nick, we've shared some of them, we weren't too shocked, were we? We could see it coming. Well, I've definitely, uh, yeah, not been shocked is a good way to put it, yeah. But Braden, man, blindsided the fuck out of me, dude. Yeah, I didn't see it coming at all. And that made me feel like a really shitty friend. Because I had talked with him, you know. Both of us, man. Tw- 20 minutes before I got the phone call from Tommy Miller's a person who called and told me. I had sent him a text message. Or sent him a, it was a Facebook message because something was up with his phone. And uh, we were working on voiceover for upcoming SCP videos. And I had talked with him most days. And, you know, I, I still, I'm still not sure what I think was going on with him. Like, I don't know if I believe that he was... When I think of someone who's depressed enough to, to take their own life, I think that it's probably a pretty miserable existence day to day. And I don't know if I think that he was that way. And I do know that he was going through pretty serious alcohol withdrawals. And I don't think that I... I I still don't know very much about alcohol withdrawals, but I sure learned more about them uh, after that. That I didn't know that it could be like a a psychosis thing. uh, It's an emotional drop tank. Yeah, I haven't haven't experienced it. So still, I, I don't know what it's like, but... I think that he was... I mean, he had plans to come here. He had plans to make a trip here. He had plans to go to Atlanta with Guru and kind of get involved in the in the movie thing going on out there. And I just don't think that those are the sort of plans that a suicidally depressed person makes. And so I'm really hopeful that he wasn't, you know, living that day-to-day life of misery, that that's just not where his mind was, and that he had made a choice to... You know, get off of alcohol. It sounded like um, Saipan, they weren't jumping for a while, and everyone was still getting paid. So he just said everyone was partying their brains out. And he had probably, you know, he's a he's a super productive kid. He's always, you know, doing something. I mean, he moved uh, to California to pursue stand-up comedy, which uh, was totally fitting for him. I... Um, bullied him and you know I threatened to end our friendship if he didn't uh, get on stage by a certain date but um, so they were partying really hard and I think he probably was trying to make a responsible choice of getting himself off of alcohol and then it was really tough and then quarantine happened at the same time and he just didn't have anyone to you know take care of him and it sounds like he had some pretty crazy nights I really really appreciate hearing your perspective there because I felt the same way. Uh, you and I were both in communication with him. I, I know a lot about the, the voiceover stuff because I was reading the scripts for you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, him and I were in communication talking about those, but also talking about him visiting to be on the show and a couple other things just as, as homies we were all going to do. Uh, the Hollywood thing with Guru or the, the Atlanta Wood, whatever. And, and as you said, man, life is good. Life is upbeat. I mean, Braden really is in a good place in my mind. And suddenly this dude who's about to like, man, the shit's like he's about to hit what he really wants. And that's access to entertainment, right? That's he wants to be an entertainer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he suddenly takes his life. And and in my mind and and knowing Braden and knowing the situation, I I went and and really made some assumptions. And it really helped me to make the assumptions. Um, But it was a chemical imbalance due to induced chemical states. In other words, alcoholism. Or anything else. And I say or anything else because I've lost more than one friend to addiction. I've lost more than one friend to addiction um, through suicide. I've lost more than that. That's why a lot of the suicidal songs I listened to were artists who committed suicide um, through chemical addiction. Um, I've lost friends through addiction that we we don't get to speak or see each other anymore because they have uh, lost contact with all their friends because of their problems and they're embarrassed or because it hurts too much for me to see. And I've really... It's the reason I don't drink much anymore. A lot of... Man, uh, Mick, what's up, Mick? Mick Sarah, Sarah Pack. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name, but as you guys may have heard, we have an Estonia following following. And Mick, man, I'll pull out this bottle really quickly, brought me this Estonian booze, the Vana Tallinn, man. And Mick and I shared a drink of this on safety day. Mick was in town. Remember our boy Mick? Yeah. He was in town on safety day, and he was super excited to come from San Antonio to come visit us. Uh, he, he came to our safety day because he wanted to visit the boys from Gravity Lab Radio. And, and Mick, thank you, brother. It was, it's such a huge compliment. And he shared this booze because it seems like we drink a lot <laughs> because we do have guests who drink. But honestly, you probably, uh, I, well, I drink maybe once every three to four shows. Um, and then it's one drink a show. I, I don't drink often. And, and I, I've drank a lot of my life and I've had too much to drink. Um, I've had a cocaine problem. I've got into crack and I've had serious issues. And uh, sorry, Dad, if you're hearing some things that you don't really care to know, but I think my dad is supportive of me, and he understands that we, we learn and grow. Uh, cocaine turned into crack, chased down that demon, found myself in a really dark place. Uh, just happened to be in the right moment, the right time, with a very, very dear friend of mine, who today is sober, who today is clean, who today is good, but uh, he continued down the dark pit for 10 years. And addiction is something that scares the absolute fuck out of me. Um, Nick, you will not be shocked to hear, and Justin and Elsa maybe. Newer thought to you, but I don't think you'll be shocked either. I am a very addictive personality. Anything I do, you make fun of me. You're going to nerd out on it. Yep, of course you're going to nerd out on it, which I do. I'm not, I'm not, like, dude, I put my PlayStation in here. I built a wooden shelf. Look next to there. You'll see my PlayStation in its own cabinet where the headset thing sits, right? I, I, nerd. (laughs) Yeah. Got into a little woodwork, staying the motherfucker. Um, and, and the addiction problem scares me, and the chemical problem scares me. Mick, by the way, I am in control of my drinking. I do enjoy a good drink. Mick, I've tried this in my coffee. I love it. So, Mick, don't feel bad. I'm in a good place. It goes in your coffee? No, I've used it in my coffee, but oh. it, it's, it's, it's more of a liqueur. It's more of a kind of a, a schnapps-tasty thing. I don't know what that means. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So you, you get what I mean. <laughs> it's okay that you don't. Okay, perfect. <laughs> You're with us too, Elsa. Yeah. Um, uh, but... Yeah, that, that chemical thing that you talk about with Braden has been a question I've had in my mind this whole time. And so I'm really glad that we brought it out to the show because, man, it's important for me, uh, not sobriety, but control over chemicals. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a reason I don't drink. There's a reason I think you don't drink either. And and I don't think it's necessarily a control issue. And, and and if you know me well enough, you will tease me about being a control freak. And it's not a control freak. It's OCD. There really is a difference. Um, there is a fine line between the two. Um, I don't drink because of, of not being in control of my faculties, but being in control of my chemicals and my balance and my emotions. And, and a dear friend of mine, uh, respect and love to the man, I don't get to see him as much anymore, saw me get drunk for the first time in five years. And he goes, oh, yeah, I remember why you don't drink. And when he said that, <sighs> Shit. it was a very, very harsh wake-up call. Um, I challenge you, my dear loving friend, reflect on those conversations yourself. I really do. It, please, re- why... Remember why you don't drink. You, you told me one day, DJ, I remember why you don't drink. And when I was drunk, it didn't make sense to me. And, and during those phases of my life, it doesn't make sense to me. In those days, I took offense to it. And today, I really appreciate my friends who were able to call me out, my friends who were able to tell me those things, my friends who were able to tell me face-to-face, DJ, your shit stinks. Thank you, Nick, for being able to do that. Justin, thank you for being able to do that. And Elsa, you're very welcome to do that. My true friends, my best friends, my closest fucking friends, those relationships were built in conflict. And and I appreciate those of you who are willing to face conflict with me. Man, to that dear friend, I'm telling you the same thing, brother. I remember why you don't drink, man. And if you can drink, guys, good for you. If you can do crack and cocaine, you're fucking lying to yourself. (laughs) Um, Good for you. But man, the... You've heard Nick and I break down tonight over a friend and quite possibly through chemical That's addiction. Powerful. It hurts, man. It hurts. Yeah, so. I don't, I mean, I don't know what partying means to anybody because I mean, I'm sure you know that I've had a pretty limited experience <laughs> with, the, with the party scene. My uh, two beers that Shatter I and wine glasses. Had, had here once. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, mom. So uh, when, when someone says they were partying really hard, you know, I don't, I don't know enough to even know what questions to ask about what that means. But, uh, you know, I, I, for a few days, I, you know, I felt pretty responsible for letting him down as a friend of like, man, if, if you really were this sad and we talk, you know, we were talking on an almost daily basis then and you couldn't open up to me, then man, maybe, maybe we just weren't as close as I thought we were. And I just don't think that that's the case. No, I think that's a normal reaction. And I think you're probably right. And I mean, I know Braden well enough to like, I have dirt on him for like that life ruining dirt, you know, <laughs> those life ruining secrets. And he, he knows mine too. And fuck, he knew mine too. God, I hate saying it that way, but. Oh, he still knows it. Yeah. <laughs> no and I think it's important to keep yeah. talking to him. Yeah. Really. Like when you lose somebody, they're still with you. I made Braden stickers at Paula's request. Paula Richardson is, I love saying that, Paula Richardson is the office manager at Skydive Spaceland Dallas. She recently got married, hence my uh, best man glass. I don't know if you noticed, this is a glass I now drink it's on the show. I, I noticed the, uh, the, the Texas logo on the yeah. other side. Yeah, what's the on the back distillery. of the... So it's TX Whiskey is the distillery they got married at. So it says TX, uh, the, their logo, and it says best man. I'm very... Very, very honored and blessed to share the love. I have been the best man twice. Hazmat is the other one I've been the best man oh, to. Nice. <laughs> and to me, it has nothing to do with me. It's the fact that I get to be so closely connected to that love. As I've sat in the audience of a wedding, as I've actually shot video of a wedding, as I've actually been in a wedding, I've never felt more connected than when I stand next to those people. 
And to share that love has been super awesome. So every night you see me drinking on the show, I am drinking out of Paula and Heath, 92619, a whiskey wedding. TX, man. Thank you, Heath and Paula. little etched D on the bottom of the Oh, that's nice. I hadn't awesome. noticed that D. Yeah, yeah. It's a really Myself, special glass. Chris Grigsby, my brother in arms, my other groomsman, Bill motherfucking, I can't think of his last name, was Dawson, <laughs> which is why I'm stalling like a motherfucker. There you go um, again with the names. <laughs> yeah, guys, boys, we had such a good time. We had a good night. Mr. P was a huge part of the 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 uh, second evening. The first evening was, was the bridal party just getting drunk as fuck besides myself. Um, everybody but me was drunk. Because that was Sober September, right? Yeah. And I actually told Nick I was going to cheat for Sacrifice September, and he thought it was I was going to have a drink. I'm like, no, it's I'm going to have cake and fucking ice cream and candy and shit at the You're dinner. Like, I'll still I, get my calories. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. I thought that you might uh, have, have a drink for, for the toast. No, I actually uh, got a fake-looking drink, one that looked good enough to be a drink. Mm-hmm. I went to the bartender, said, hey, I'm sober. I don't drink. I'm the best man. I need to give a toast. He goes, I know what you need. I got you. Uh, it's so cool because I didn't have to explain it to the bartender. He knew what I needed. Yeah. Uh, that A good bartender, man. That's all That's it cool. is. I've been to a few weddings where I was sober and it was like that because it was like people were like, oh, do you need me to get you a drink? <laughs> and so I had to like have a fake drink, yeah. you know? Man, I do want to go one step further with Braden and, and I really want to just, this, this conversation's kind of naturally happened. But when your friends say, hey, do you want a drink? Or when you, when you say to your friend, do you want a drink? And they say, I'm fine or no thank you. You don't know why. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they need. And I can think of so many times where I don't drink, no thank you, whatever. And people push me and I have that one more drink. And how long it might have prolonged any experience I have. And I can think of very specific friends that right now you guys and gals might be encouraging to have a drink who don't need to. And they say no the first time and you push them, man. No means no. It really, really doesn't fucking matter. I'm not trying to be all silly and culturally sensitive to hashtag me too, but no means no. And it doesn't matter what it the fuck is about, man. Hey, do you want to drink? No. Okay. Not a problem. Don't push any harder. Come on, that. you fucking pussy. Right. Yeah, I'm a fucking <laughs> pussy, man. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Yep. So um, you, you don't know, man. And guys, we lost a dear friend, quite possibly to chemical dependency. And who knows how much that may have been to do to peer pressure. Straight up, Braden's a fucking man. Straight up, Braden will answer to his own actions, and I know that for sure. I know Braden well enough, and I don't think you'll disagree. And Braden will take responsibility for his actions. But at the same time, as a man, I'm going to take responsibility for my actions of putting pressure or, or, or too much direction or guidance to a friend and letting them be the man they want to be. Let those people be the way they want to be. Don't put that fucking pressure on them. You don't know the demons they're fighting, man. You don't. So, <sighs> hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. God, <laughs> that is one of the most depressing songs. It, I know. Like I can listen to that song and just immediately start bawling. Yeah, and, and yeah. listening to uh, I listened to Simon and Garfunkel talk about that song and what it's actually about, and it's a lot less depressing than the song itself actually sounds. But and then there's songs that don't sound depressing at all, like the the um, the not the margarita. What is the one where they're dancing in the rain? Pina coladas. No, oh yeah, that's like pina colada. Yeah, seems super innocent, and uh-huh. it's totally not. Oh God, now I, you're gonna change my life because we cruise a lot, we do tropical a lot. So like Jimmy Buffett's big in our life. Yeah, I gotta listen now. Yeah, like, listen, like really listen. Tell me the story. Like, so what am I listening it's for? It's about him like cheating on his wife or something. Like <laughs> it, it's like it's about yeah. Justin, do me a favor. That little keypad in front of you, the little stream deck, slide that right in front of Elsa. 
else is in charge of the cameras the rest of the there night. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Is that cool <laughs> with you, buttons. bro? Yeah, uh, no, it's all good. Punch her when she needs it, man. <laughs> oh, shit. I just looked up the lyrics. I was tired of my lady. We've been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. But it sounds amazing, right? You're all like, woo, let's it's, party. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> sipping some Mai Tais on the beach. Yeah. yeah. More like, I'm tired of that bitch. Yeah, so <laughs> how many times have you listened to that song with like a girl having a good drink? Like, oh, yo, honey, this is a bad song. I'm leaving you bitches what the song just said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because everybody knows the part about... I like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain because that's super sexy and like, woo, let's do it, you know? But the rest of it, it's just... Yeah, I can't even hear in my in my brain any other lyrics from that song. It's yeah. funny. Ooh, pina coladas, <laughs> one for each hand. I, uh, I can hear most of those songs and uh, sad. this is really an odd statement, but Valerie and I, when we vacation, we like to go to beach bars, God, to really nice outdoorsy <laughs> places, or even on cruises, we go to any place that a piano... Or acoustic guitar is playing where a man is singing or a woman is singing. It doesn't matter. And they take requests. And they almost are always a style of people who play, A, a lot of Elton John, a lot of Jimmy Buffett-style things. Yeah, parrot heads. Parrot heads, yeah. for sure, parrot heads. And so you can imagine on cruises and tropical destinations, you get a lot of pina colada. Mm -hmm. So I've actually sang that song a lot. Um, <laughs> as much as I don't drink Sorry when I'm on vacation, I drink every day. Uh, that is one thing actually on vacation I do is I do drink. Um by the way, DJ getting fucking wasted is a drink during lunch and two at night. So just so you know, I still don't drink. That is that is getting ripped for me. Um, you ruined it. God damn <laughs> I know, you. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> but we were talking about songs that the Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, one, that it sounds like depressing, but depressing. it's it's not. Yeah, it's yeah, not as sad. So it goes both ways. <laughs> one thing I do want to make sure we get into tonight and we dive into tonight is man, the drop zone's back open. Uh, first of all, I'm going to go to Georgia for one second. Georgia was the first state to open uh, the most aggressive right away. And the thing that they have not seen is a flattening of the curve. But that means nothing to me because the thing that means something to me is they've not seen a spike. Mm -hmm. And that tells the truth. I mean, but testing's still going up, right? For e sure. Every day, every state is saying that they're doing more testing. Yeah. So they should see a spike but for sure. If, the, uh, if well, there was a problem. There yeah, was just the, a I mean, Texas-mandated uh, testing of all nursing homes yeah. that happened, so there's See, been a that, lot more that data. That makes a lot of sense to me, of you're going to test to know about the people who are most high risk. This is something that I've, I've heard on the Rogan podcast a dozen times now, that the average age of people who die from COVID-19 is older than the average age of death in the United States. Right. So it's like, yeah, it does it is... It is Ending some people's lives prematurely, a you could argue. Killer. A boomer killer. <laughs> <laughs> I've I, heard that before. So I, I do want to get back to that. Go ahead. Oh, but um, so th there are high-risk people, and it makes sense. Hey, let's identify that disease living in this community where it actually has, has a real impact. But uh, the, the thing that hasn't really spiked is the number of, of Fatalities. deaths. Yeah, fatalities in ICU beds. So sure, sure, you're finding it more, and just like uh, if you were looking for anything more, you know, especially magnitudes of ten above what you were looking. F uh, what are you guys laughing about over there? She's trying to find the right button to get you on camera. Oh, oh you guys celebrated her pushing <laughs> yeah. the right button. Hell yeah, they're labeled Elsa. I, know. I told her the best part is looking at the delay on the video feed and seeing how you fucked it up. 
So, Justin, how much easier is that compared to what you used to do? Oh, so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> this is your first time running that deck, true, right? True, true. So, Tuesday next week, you get pictures extra- and there's labels, and I just like totally messed that <laughs> entire thing up. Yeah, we all do. Anyways, back to. But back to, yeah, you're going to find it more, but that doesn't mean just because they're finding more positive cases of this thing doesn't mean that, uh, you know. And I think there are many more people at risk of uh, right. serious. serious They're just, they just have more data. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you guys just described explains the curve's not flattened. And once again, I don't think the curve flattening makes a fuck of a difference. I think a spike is what we should see if there's really a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen that spike, including in Texas. Yeah, we should have seen it by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we're not seeing the spike. So what I think we've learned, and, and for those who say we didn't need to shut down and we didn't need to do these things, I'm not going to say you're right or you're wrong, but what I am going to say is we needed to learn how to deal with COVID and how to react responsibly. So that we needed to learn to do. How we learned to do it? Well, apparently that's how we needed to at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, a lot of my friends are afraid that COVID is going to spike this fall, winter, which they all predict it will, and they're afraid it's going to crush the economy again, and I don't think it will. Because I think we now know how to confront it. It's now a known devil, not an mm-hmm. unknown devil, right? Mm-hmm. And we all have the resources to be able to work from home and do all that. How stuff. many masks do you have? How many do I have? Yeah. Like for my own personal use? Yes. Uh, at least five. I'm going to get a few more just after tonight alone. I only have two, right? Yeah, I really want a Darth Vader one now. <laughs> the, so I got two, two masks showed up in the mail today. One is the Darth Vader one, which I... I'm totally not a Star Wars nerd. No, you make fun it was, of me for it. It was the first you one. Give it to me. It was the first one that I saw. <laughs> Fuck you. Man. Like it, it was the first one that I saw that was like, oh, masks can be fun. Yes. So it's the one that caught my attention. And my then there's mom a, has a dog face, and I'm just like, no. The uh, the other one I have is a cat face. <laughs> like well, it looks Snapchat. like a, it looks like a lion. Like imagine a lion that's like a, all these uh, different like beautiful watercolors. Okay, it's that's cool. cool. Yeah, have you seen Mattress Mac with his mask? No. You, we all in the room know who Mattress Mac is, yeah. right? So for those of you listening, Mattress Mac owns Gallery Furniture in the Houston area. It is one of our largest furniture stores. And Mattress Mac is uh, super well-known in our community. He gives back to Houston a lot. Uh, when we had floods, he opened his entire showroom up to the homeless or, or to the displaced and let them stay in his brand-new showroom furniture displaced. And Mattress Mac, for his commercials, has a face mask on that is airbrushed his face. So it, it, oh, it is nice. so creepy looking Mattress Mac. It's yeah. awesome. I've seen a couple of photos like that on Instagram or whatever, you know, just like, wow, this person like had it silk screened of a picture of their face. But actually, like, my mom's hilarious. Like, I love her so much. But like, it's so creepy for her to have a dog face mask i'm like no you know what i want to get i want to get monty do you know who monty is and i'm pointing to Elsa. who's monty yeah monty is he's a cat nope no justin who's monty (laughs) that's our uh glr mascot that's he's the little little guy there's also a cat named monty that i follow on instagram well he sounds like an (laughs) asshole yeah so monty the glr logo uh 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 adam like mad scientist yeah he's monty montgomery the mad scientist um, if you've seen Neil Patrick Harris's show, uh, what was that? Uh, Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. There's a mad scientist named Monty Montgomery, which is who he's named after. There's your, gotcha. I don't know if you actually ever knew I've, that. I've heard you say this once before, but yeah. it doesn't stick. <laughs> or Monty Negro. <laughs> that, that's a different story. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Do you still have that? That's uh, it's on a jersey, actually. 
Oh, was it a jersey? Oh, I had the hat and a jersey. Yeah, it was both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's on your hat and it's on your collar of your jersey. I definitely got the hat still. I saw it in my closet the other day. Did you find your 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 camo? No, I don't know where it is. I think someone took it. Yeah, I think you got ganked, dude. I think so too. I think I must have left it like on the counter of the drop zone someplace. Yeah. So, hey, group decision. We totally fucking sidetracked ourselves once again. Uh, I'm producing Gravity Lab radio jerseys again. We had gray and inverted gray, which is white. Mm-hmm. What's the new color we bring to the to, to the customers? Mm-hmm. I like gold. The bling bling? I kind of like gold, too, because it wouldn't be... It'd be, like, understated. Uh-uh. So I'm bringing two colors. Uh, understated. No. Well, gaudy, um, ugly. <laughs> You're like you want it to be ugly. Yeah, imagine sunglasses that I might wear from time to time and make that into a jersey. So I have the. I already <laughs> well, have a gold version. It can't be like reflective or like it can't be like you know shiny. Taffeta is well, a type of material that's reflective and shiny. By the way, it can be shiny then. Okay, so he's gonna <laughs> make it out of taffeta. Taffeta wears the fuck out. By the way, it doesn't last. So, um, I already as long have, as it looks good for one day. Yeah, exactly. I have the first for, like, time I wear it. Yeah. I already have a gold jersey designed, but it's more what Elsa described than what you described. Um, Understated because gold, like when you print gold, it's like a light brown, essentially. You know, like you can't print gold. So it ends up being like a kind of a pukey yellow. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can see that. Man, Elsa, you're but, already worth your weight in gold. All 110 pounds of you. But uh, <laughs> but I'm down I mean, with it. Like, I kind of like pukey yellow. Like, I don't know. Hence the shirt you're wearing right now. Yeah, Sunpath. The Sunpath jerseys that Option Studios made, they have, they have a good uh, yellow and black that looks gold. And it looks right. good. Yeah. Sick yeah. burn. So it's like a, yeah, so it's like <laughs> a muted yellow. Yeah. I w- wish you were a muted person. <laughs> 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 she can't reach the audio board. I can still mute her. <laughs> um, so, guys and gals, if you're interested in throwing your ideas down, definitely comment on the feed of this. Send me an email. Send me a message. We're going to do two more colors. We're going to do gray, inverted gray, the two original colors. We're going to do right now the red that I carry is one of the most popular versions, the gold. I'm going to tell you right now, Elsa, I love your thought process. I'm going to do what Mr. P said if I do a gold. <laughs> it's going to be banging gold. Right. It'll be and like you're yellow. Gonna get th- yeah. so no, it's going to be baller. Yeah, it'll it's gonna, be yellow. It's going to be baller. So I'm I mean, about to volunteer your time. Translates from gold to yellow in printing like standards. I, I'm about to totally well. fuck you over on this one, Elsa. <laughs> Uh, Adam Buckner and Option Studios does a lot of wonderful and great work for us. And to help make it easier, uh, you're going to get the file from Adam and you're going to see what we can make. <laughs> awesome. I so can El- do that. Elsa's going to help uh, get the option, the Gravity Lab jerseys done. But overall design is going to be the same? Not changing one bit. Okay, yeah, it'll cool. just be like the theme yeah. color or whatever. But I want a mask with Monty as my face. That's what I want. That's where this started at. My, uh, might with be cool. Monty my suggestion is oh, a mask with Monty. Okay, red, white, and blue. Can we do a Merca one? Merca. Dude, write it down. Put it in the comments so I don't forget. You you know how to keep my attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is uh, definitely let us know. Guys and gals, by the way, if you watch the show live and you do comment, you notice we typically interact with you after the show. We don't interact during the show. That interaction is usually me. So definitely, if you want my attention, you have it after the show. While I'm doing production, I do pay attention to you guys. Um, we we have got some green. suggestions on green and red. Green and red, bring it, man! I what love kind green. of green? I, I can explore some green. What mm-hmm. kind of green? Well, it's Farley, Ooh. so it's probably Kawasaki obnoxious green. But that's the green I, I would could want. See like an yeah. emerald green, you know. <laughs> see now you're no, I like that. Like yeah. a teal, teal or see, emerald. See, that's what yeah. I would. What be, about yeah. Justin's green? 
the PD green. When you say Kawasaki green, you lose me. Like lime, it's like bright neon, yeah, obnoxious. Yeah. No, that's the wrong kind of obnoxious <laughs> for me. I'm well, I know that why stuff. he wants that because all his shit is that color. Yeah. Kevin course, Craig, he should match. see a doctor. <laughs> Kevin Craig says red, please. <laughs> Kevin Craig, talk to me personally. I might make something happen for you, motherfucker. Oh. oh, I'll tell you right now. Kevin Craig helps Valerie run the mentor program for Skydive Space in Houston. Tie-dye. Kevin Craig <laughs> is a huge supporter for what we do with the mentor program and has been a huge help. Justin understands how much burden it is because Justin plays that role as well. Honestly, Justin, respect to you. Kevin Craig has been the heaviest lifter besides Valerie in the mentor program. So, Kevin, if I have to do a one of red for you, brother, you're the fucking man and you have it, dude. It is done. I know Option Studios will help me out and we will make sure you're taking care of Kevin. So, uh, guys and gals, if you take that request, no, you're not going to get it. You're not Kevin Craig. Sorry about your luck. Um, Kevin, love you, buddy. Uh, we'll figure those colors out. What did you miss most about the drop zone is the question I've been trying to get to all night long and we're running out of time, so we got to get there eventually. Your I, mom. I can go last. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've been there this whole time. I didn't miss, I didn't miss your mom. That's what... <laughs> The, the best part is after he said your mom, you heard the laughter, guys. Just not the glance we exchanged <laughs> and the personal moment we had was worth it. What did you miss the most? Did you have sex with my mom at the drop zone? <laughs> Not at the drop zone. What? Oh, who's, good. Whose mom were you as, talking as about? As long as she didn't come to visit and not at least say hello to me. If she came to bang, I'm sorry. My, if my mom ever listens, I gotta not do that. Valerie, I'm so sorry. Who here has had sex on a jump plane? Just curious. Hmm. You guys haven't worked in the industry, so I'm expecting Nick and I to have an answer here. If you work in the skydiving uh, industry, you haven't had sex no. in a ju- well, on I've a jump plane. Well, I've seen a video. I'm talking, I, I guess Spaceland's <laughs> difficult. But a lot of drop zones I've been to and been at, the plane is kept outside, tied down overnight. Oh, so okay, a so lot it's not of, actually in the air. No. Okay. A lot of my friends have had sex in the jump plane at night while sitting in there. Think about that next time you're in the jump plane. Right. <laughs> Just saying. Spaceland locks theirs up, so it's not happening. But a lot of jump planes that are tied down overnight, please don't go have sex in your goddamn. I'm so I, I, I just opened up a bullshit can of worms. DZOs and plane owners. Like, I feel like that's a. I mean, I'm sorry. I was gonna say I feel like that's a problem, but for like ten years ago. But maybe I'm just ten years older than when I was dumb enough to to do that sort of a thing. I actually would tend to agree because this problem is fifteen to twenty years old for me. Mm-hmm. I just pulled up some uh, sweet velocity jerseys from Option Studios on the screen. I see that teal. I, I agree with that teal. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, of course, that, that matches em- my gear, so of course I like it. Teal, I like that yeah. green. Do you like the emerald, yeah. Is that what you're calling emerald? Uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We're Sophie? just like a very like... Elsa. <laughs> you call her <laughs> Sophie. <laughs> That's my niece's from? name. We should just oh. call her Lori. So, I mean, so <laughs> jo- <laughs> Joseph... Oh, sick. Jo- Josephine, Sophie's kind of in there. Yeah. yeah right? You are Did really you bad with names. <laughs> I've realized that within the last like hour. We'll get you a name tag. Yeah. yeah. Jay Quellen? Jay <laughs> Quellen. Where's Jay Quellen at? <laughs> D nice. D nice. I just watched a bunch of those skits today. What do you says another crazy ass name? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great skit. Timothy? Present. Timothy. How, dude, dude, how much did that ruin the names for every person oh, yeah. every whose name was mentioned? Oh, yeah, yeah Balake for sure. I called him a, a couple and times. What's yeah. my what's my dog's names? You know him. Jimmy. So Jimmy, what is Jimmy's nickname? 
Jamothi. Jamothi. <laughs> and, and when he's in trouble, it's Jamothi. Get the fuck over here. Did, did I start that? I feel like that's the name that I created. Jimothy? Uh, Jimothy, that's, yes. That's Jimothy, the office. Yeah. Because we call them Jimmy, and I think Jimothy might be from you, and it warped into Jamothi very quickly. Because I think I justified it Tim, Timothy, Jim. No, it, See, I Tim, know Jimothy from Jimmy, the office. <laughs> Like Jimothy, they, he calls a, Jim uh, Jimothy. Oh, does he? And when they become co-managers, he's like Jim, James, Jimothy. Yeah. So Valerie might have dubbed him Jimothy. You might have. It definitely was not me. It's a good name, regardless. But I went to Jimothy right away. There and then you it go. just exaggerated. Yeah. <laughs> and I love going to my backyard and going Jimothy. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbors are gonna be like, "What the scrappy, fuck you, is wrong?" Do you call him a scrappy name? No, Scarape. Scarape. No, dipshit. Dumbass. (laughs) Dude, this dog tore a knee ligament because those of you who know my house and know the room, the couch that's aimed this way out yonder, he runs from the front, from the back door to that couch, jumps off that couch, and launches himself towards the front of the house. (laughs) And, dude, I swear I have Air Bud as a fucking dog. The dude is Michael Jordan. He flies. It's like Air Bud with, like, an eighth of the legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's really more like an underdog because he was a beagle. And Valerie and I, for years, have said, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. You need to fucking stop it. We try to stop him. He finally tore a knee ligament doing it. Had a fucking surgery. He is still limping. He still has, like, he's still wearing the cone of shame because he won't stop licking his wounds. And what did the motherfucker do two days ago? Jump. Launch himself again? He's the fucking stupidest <laughs> motherfucker. My dog is dumb as fuck, man. I love him to death. I love Scrappy to death. He is he is wonderful. Scrappy. Scrappy. <laughs> God damn it. That's that shady motherfucker in the yeah. corner. Yo, Scrappy. <laughs> Scrappy. So what do you miss the most about the Yo, DZ? Yo, Scrappy brought you a drink. And I'm going to start with Mr. P on this one because you've actually had the most. You never left it easy. What do you? Miss I, no, most? I was there. You know, through through most of the the whole uh, shutdown, so it got to feel like a ghost town. I got real familiar with how the drop zone felt with no people in it, which is creepy to some extent because you know there's always so much energy that that goes through that place, and. Uh, you know, I, I had a lot of anxiety too. With uh, you know, I knew that before we were coming back to business that uh, Stephen was going to announce to the staff that I was going to be the, the, the new uh, operations manager for that joint. And I was really worried that I might mess it up, <laughs> that, that coming back from you know a three-month shutdown might have some things that I didn't think about. And uh, I wanted to be there for the team and be there for, for my friends and, and do a good job. So I don't miss the anxiety that I had as we, as we neared our reopening date. But, um, you know, it's really good, even even when I'm not jumping, to, you know, I've spent a lot of time standing out there in the loading area with my radio and my fanny pack and just getting to... Go to Paxi. Yeah, I was going to say, your fanny pack is amazing. It's great, right? Yeah. I love it. I saw you, like, taking out hand sanitizer yeah, from it, and I was just there. like, yes, <laughs> that is amazing. It's, it's, it's so functional, the fanny pack. I, I carry one. I am not going to lie. I Joe Rogan fucking convinced me it's worth it. Yeah. So I don't carry one daily, but I do carry one. Yeah. Well, I like that fanny pack a lot. But as I'm standing out there, and even on a day where I haven't got to jump, just seeing seeing people smiling, and especially seeing uh, experienced skydivers who've uh, been reunited with the joy of making a skydive, seeing the look on their face. Like, I, sw- I swear, I th- Nicole Black, when she walked in for the first time, dude, she was about to cry. 
And I could have like cried and sharing in her joy of how much she enjoyed skydiving right then. And so it's like, hey, we all get to kind of reconnect with this feeling that, you know, this feeling that got us into the sport, the super amazing thing. You get to have that feeling and it's uh, so refreshing when it's been so long. And then to see that same look on, you know, tandem students' faces who are coming back in, experiencing that joy for the first time and seeing it, you know, I think it's made, you know, it's put veteran skydivers and new skydivers back on a, on a closer level of really enjoying what that experience is. And so even though I love that experience just as much as anybody and I want to be up in the sky and I want to fly my tiny, new, fast, little pink parachute, Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still it's still super uh, rewarding to have played a, a part in getting things back going there, and to see the the happiness on people's face when they come back in. Man, it's uh, it, it, it it's 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 been really good. I uh, if you know me at all, you listen to the show at all. We come for the skydives. We stay for the skydivers. The biggest easiest guess for everybody is the people. And I really want to reiterate your point. I was canopy doing a canopy course this weekend, and I was standing in the landing or the spectator area waiting to go out and video a bunch of people landing. And as I was waiting, a tandem instructor walked his student back in, and the stupid fucking grin on that tandem student's face oh, brought me so much pleasure and so much joy, man, to see people understand and get it and and really as as much and as entertaining as that is the thing that brought me the next level and i just want to speak to that topic for you as i saw a young lady named jenna this weekend do you know jenna as i speak her name jenna masay skier i can't think of her name her, i can't pronounce her last name uh, gosh I, I have a person that comes to mind and i'm honestly not sure if it's the right person i'm Tell gonna me about say jenna. she appears and comes across and jenna i mean this with all respect i had a conversation with her this week so she knows where i'm going to go with this she appears and comes across as very insecure very unsure and Wait, more insecure. is this little bitch no, that's not oh, little bitch. Okay. No, no, no. Little bitch is very sure of herself. That's Tatiana. <laughs> oh, that's Tatiana. And little okay. bitch, dude, I love Tatiana. You, if you know me, if I shit talk you to your face, I love you. If I shit talk you to your, how many times do I tell you to go fuck yourself? Often. Yeah, and <laughs> it's in reverse, it is the same way. The more I shit talk you to your For face, sure. chances are the safer you are with me. And yeah. by the way, I can Elsa, insult you. I love you. Yeah, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the team. Exactly. Um, no, that's Tatiana. Uh, this gal, Jenna, she is very unsure of herself and very insecure in response to that. And in her canopy course, as she came, are you sorry? I, I, well, you're brown hair, you're dark describing hair. the person who was in my head when you said the name. Dark hair, medium set. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm pretty certain I know exactly who you mean. Yeah. Uh, she, if we're hanging out in your packing area, let's say we're facing south. She was hanging out towards the left side. Okay. Yep. Uh, Jenna is the thing. My I'm packing area. Well, dude, you bought and paid for a packing no, area. No, I, I just appreciate that you, <laughs> that you called it that. The carpet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I Who brought the carpet area. there? Well, Christy brought the carpet there in exchange for me dog-sitting for her for a week and refusing to... to nice. Who brought the carpet padding there? I think Steven actually put the padding down. Okay, I, I've only maintained it, and, and I, who I, I it? clean it, and I tape it back down when it blows away, and I vacuum it, and you I take re care of restock it. the rubber bands. The part I like the most is most of the staff, without comment, respect the, the work you do and respect what you do. And I don't know if you've noticed, and I'm sure you have, they have enough respect for you that they naturally just adapt and, and, and deal with it. Yep. 
So I appreciate it. Dude, you deserve it, brother. So fuck you. Jenna <laughs> is the reason I miss the sport the most because Jenna came into her canopy course. And Lori, uh, Lori Pataloco, for those of you who don't know, Lori and I are about to announce a new uh, competition. Do you guys, do you know about this at all? I need to share it with you because it involves Spaceland. Lori, the winner of the PD Bullseye Accuracy Series, it went to eight drop zones, ending with a grand finale. (laughs) And I are going to host an event. There were huge hints in that statement. Um, and we're going to announce it in about 10 days. Nice. Sorry, that was a, that was a misfire. <laughs> <laughs> Did come so, for your ass? <laughs> <laughs> Lori is now coaching for Gravity Lab, or is, ho- is coaching with the Rating Center. She's training to be nice. a coach. We're going to special, she's going to specialize in female coaching and female courses, but she's going to cater to all of the above. Nice. Um, Lori and I had her in the course, and, and me in particular, I was frightened because I will be honest with you, and so will Jenna. Her landings weren't spectacular before that course. And I'm afraid because I don't want to watch you get hurt. I really don't, guys. And Jenna fucking crushed her first landing. I mean, absolutely textbook. When she got done, I showed her what she did well and said, I have not a lot of input for you outside of own that and do that again. Five landings. How many of them were good? None. Five were great. Oh, I thought you were yeah. just going to dive immediately into talking shit about this poor no. girl after you built her up. No, they were great. And, great. No, it wasn't. Just kidding. And, and, and the thing that Jenna learned during that process is she's better and more powerful than she realizes. You've heard me, and you've heard me say this many times in this show, I think most people who get into skydiving don't get to appreciate the personal growth and personal fulfillment that I've got to appreciate. I don't teach people to skydive to help them learn to skydive. I don't create instructors to create new skydivers. I do all of this because the self-fulfillment, the self-actualization, and the self-realization the sport has brought to me is absolutely fucking tremendous. So I do every fucking thing I do in the sport to allow somebody else to get that life fulfillment that I've gotten out of it. And Jenna, I walked up to her this weekend and I told her, Jenna, I'm so sorry if I'm calling you out and embarrassing you. I am praising you and loving you and respecting you for this. And Jenna, I don't use the word love uh, very often and Nick will know that for sure and so will you guys. Um, Man, I walked up to her and I said, Jenna, just watching you walk across the hangar, you're a different person. She goes, I am. And man, watching that self-actualization, that self-realization, that Mm self-fulfillment. I love what you said about seeing those people grab what they grab out of life from our sport. What do you miss the most about the drop zone, Justin? I saw you this weekend. Oh, man, all my friends, like, not just being by myself and talking to people on the computer. I I enjoyed it so much, like, going out there Saturday and just talking to people and, like, being with other people. It's fucking amazing. Did you have any level of anxiety about being around people at the drop zone? No. I really didn't. Being worried about people getting you sick or anything like that? I mean, it's always a possibility, but at this point, like, I've been sequestered for so long. And like you said, I'm not really worried about myself. I am worried mm-hmm. about getting other people sick. Um, but no, honestly, I wasn't I wasn't really worried about it. And it, one of the things, you know, you guys were talking about awareness of... <clears throat> wearing that mic is part of the awareness thing. Like mask. Be, uh, wearing that mic. Uh, sorry. <laughs> you turned into me. Wearing the <laughs> yeah. Pull cords up. Uh <laughs> wearing the mask is part of the awareness of like this is what I'm touching and and that kind of stuff. And I feel like it 
a big a big thing for me is I'm I'm really allergic to dogs if they touch me or if I touch them. So having that background of like, okay, there's dog on my hands, um, like makes me conscious of uh, everything that I touch in a sense. And it, it kind of elevated that a little bit with, with everything that was going on and keeping uh, hand sanitizer in my car and in my pocket when I go out, um, just being mindful of that kind of stuff. And I'm really bad about touching my face. Um, but when I'm out in public and I'm around people that I'm not normally around, uh, especially after this, like when I was at the drop zone, I was really mindful about, okay, don't touch your fucking face and <laughs> use the hand sanitizer. Uh, cause I feel like, you know, a little bit of talking far away from someone, you know, there's always a chance even, um, even with the mask, but in certain areas, you know, the masks aren't required that I might get a little bit of contact, but that shit's not going to multiply uh, unless I'm an unclean person. Like if I go and wash myself and, and clean my hands really well, I, I wasn't too worried about it. Wash your full self or like your face and your hands? No, I've seen him in the bathroom. He <laughs> strips down butt and yeah. washes his junk in the sink. That's right. Yeah. I like to rinse my balls if in the urinal. If I walked in <laughs> to the bathroom, if I walked in on you fully naked, <laughs> just going to town in the sink, man, I would be so happy. <laughs> Oh my God! What <laughs> that brings back a memory at UH when I was in engineering school. Uh, I walked in on a guy. Uh, it was late at night. I was in the robotics lab, and I, I went to the restroom that was right across the hall. That I, I don't normally go in this restroom, but there was a guy in there, and um, pretty sure he was Muslim because he was washing his feet in the sink. And opened the door and saw that. It was like, all right, I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna go to a different bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back. I'll come yeah. back. <laughs> The, the shit we see in a bathroom is cr- quite unusual, and those of us sitting here see me just stand up. I'm about to do something crazy, know, and you guys like, are watching me. Wait a me. second. I'm like, what are I, you I doing? bet you got a cramp. Uh, no, I don't have a cramp. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, the biggest thing for me was the friendship, like the camaraderie, like being around you guys and uh, everyone else at the drop zone. I fucking miss being around people. Like, fuck. Dude, it's been a while <laughs> since we've seen each other, and we saw each other. There was a genuine uh, connection, and it was hard not to embrace you. At most people, I'm having no problem giving I you know, an elbow. It's so bump. fucking hard not to just go up. And What's hug up, brother? People, yeah. And like, if you elbow, know me, elbow. I am not a hugger. But if you're close to me, if there's exceptional reasons, I will hug. And Justin is a very good friend of mine, and we ain't seen each other in a while, so that deserved it. What's up, brother? How you doing? Um, I definitely miss that. We're gonna find out what else I miss the most about the drop zone, but that bathroom conversation <laughs> just—I I, I have, have to go to. You have to do whatever you're doing. Yeah. So Jacob, uh, a lot of us know Jacob. He works in maintenance at Skydive Spaceland on the weekends. Um, uh, Elsa, a little picture for you, for anybody. As you walk <laughs> oh into gosh. the men's restroom <laughs> door, you look straight past sinks to the urinals. And the urinals, you're looking straight at a wall, a 90-degree urinal wall. So you could kind of picture this. This all makes sense in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I walk in, and for those of you in the room, you can actually see what's going on. I see Jacob leaned against the wall doing this number right here. <laughs> and, and if you are, you're just listening to this, my right hand right now is just rubbing back and forth right in front of my crotch. But there's a wall, a year in a wall between him and I as he's just sitting there. And I mean, he's just going at it. And he looks over, he sees me, and he's like, what's up, bro? <laughs> Like nothing happened. <laughs> he's he's got to be cl- cleaning the urinal. The urinal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? He's With like, his this balls. isn't random. 
<laughs> I mean, it just looked like I walked into Jacob rubbing one out in the fucking men's room, well, dude. It's fucking weird. When nature calls, you know, no matter what the call is, you got to answer. There's nothing quite like the tip to really scrub it and get it deep. Oh, man. Oh God. You know, I found out these mics being movable actually had a use in a, in a helpful thing. Like it showed masturbation movements. So, Elsa, what did you miss the most about the drop zone? Let me see if I can find. Oh, here we go. There we go. Um, I'm going to be a copycat and just say like what you guys said, like it was just so great to walk in and, um, <laughs> it was just so great to walk in and see everybody's faces and oh yeah, everyone was just so happy. And, um, I mean, that's like what got me into the sport. I think I touched on that a little bit when I had my interview. Touch on um, it again. <laughs> I'm going to touch it. Um, <laughs> you know, she we're like... It, man. <laughs> And yeah, it was just like, it's a magical moment. And I think that's what like brought me into the sport. And that's why I keep this doing it. Yeah. Touching it is a magic moment. Is that <laughs> what you just said? Yes. I walk I into you, this Mom. kind of stuff all the time. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a good time. You know, we are all just like on cloud nine, you know, it was oh, good. I, I would, I, <laughs> yeah, it was almost <laughs> euphoric, right? Like being yeah, around everyone again. Exactly. I think we are all just like in this moment where we're like, ah. Oh, freedom you know and we get to go jump out of planes now it's not even like mm-hmm. we get to just leave our house and do something we're like oh no we get to just jump out of planes and that know? that therapy and if you've never heard exactly. it spelled therapy t-h-a-i-r-p-y therapy uh, that therapy is so carthotic is that mm-hmm. the right word yeah. Did I pronounce that right? I'm Come really good at mispronouncing words sometimes. Uh, it, it is so helpful. And I, man, I actually, I've taken four months off at a time from skydiving because I worked up north in the winters. We did not have a choice. I took five months off because of a shoulder surgery. And, and some of you remember that uh, very personally. Both Justin and, and Nick remember that. Um, so I've had longer breaks, but all of those were due to my choice. I could go to another drop zone in the right. winter. When it's not your choice, you're like, whoa. I partook in stupid activities. I got into a sparring competition with a ninth degree black belt in karate, and I have no practical training. I have a little bit of formal or informal training, but I have no formal training. So, of course, he broke my shoulder. Um, but once again, my decision. This is the first time skydiving has been taken away from me. That I don't have a choice. It's nothing to my control and my doing. And, and there's nothing else to fill it up. Because yeah. like the other shit that you might be able to do is also shut the fuck down. Not not Call of Duty, brother. Not <laughs> fucking Call of Duty. Get no. the, the fucking racetracks were closed. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I man, t- I wish I could go race right now. I turned on my PlayStation three times before COVID. Since COVID, another conversation. Um, it, 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 it's I actually as much as I miss all of that. I've had a disconnect from skydiving I've never, ever had in my life, and it makes me question. I'm not going to say what I'm going to do about it. I'm not going to say anything else about it, but I have a disconnect from skydiving I've never had. Skydiving has never been truly taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I didn't get to skydive in the winter, I stayed disconnected from skydiving because uh, the same reasons I'm about to mention. When I had my shoulder hurt, I completely disconnected from skydiving. And during COVID, I disconnected pretty big from skydiving, as big as Mr. Pia and Elsa and Justin and myself can, uh, because if I'm disconnected, I don't miss it, and it doesn't depress me as much. Um, But this is the first time it's been just taken the fuck away from me. And uh, Mr. P knows that I was going to wait two weeks to jump before I got back into the sky in those two weeks was I want to see if there's a spike or not 
because quite honestly, I firmly believe we would be seeing a lot of our instructors mm-hmm. sick right now if there was a real problem. Exactly. Would you disagree with that statement, Nick? No, I think that that's probably really true. I mean, we're doing our very mm-hmm. best on the on the ground to you know keep our hands clean, mm-hmm. and we're doing our very best in certain areas of the drop zone to keep our masks on, and we're keeping our masks on in the airplane up until a certain point, but uh, at some point. You know, it could definitely be argued, and I could uh, speak to this today because I shot a video of uh, one Katie Van Lowe dressed up in scrubs, and she jumped with a mask on just for the sake of the photos, and that didn't last very long. So jumping with masks on and masks coming up over your eyeballs is probably more of a worry than the possibility of spreading COVID around. With a full face? No, she had, she she was pretending to be a tandem student. Okay, so she was just a tandem, look wearing scrubs. Looking Who was like she the, jumping with? Fernando. What a good guy! Congratulations, <laughs> Fernando. Dude, it was it was a really fun job. <laughs> that sounds like fun. But uh, so, but there is a short time in the airplane where we're all going without masks. So you're in an airplane that we're you know we're sending, and your germs are loads. being blown straight into the face. Tandem students, we, do as tan as a full time tandem instructor. I got sick all the time. When I stopped being a full-time tandem instructor, the amount I got sick decreased dramatically because mm-hmm. your germs were blowing in our face. So there's no doubt in my mind, if there was a fucking problem, we'd have at least a few tandem instructors yeah, At least a couple sick. I think would be, would be sick. How many yeah. of your tandem instructors have been sick a- since we reopened? A- everyone's come to work. Zero. One person did say, hey, I, I, I don't feel good today. I'm going to stay home. And they were at work the very next day. I think they were just tired. Mm-hmm. They were just making sure, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I earnestly believe a lot of that. Like if they're if you're feeling Better tired, sorry. exactly, Elsa. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's a problem. And, and I told Mr. P, I'm going to wait two weeks to make sure that's happened, and that's gone and passed. And the only thing that's kept me from the plane is one thing and one thing only. SSK has my Cypress for service right now. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> and uh, I will limit my. I will jump without an AAD. Um, I just highly limit the jumps I do without an AAD. So um, I, uh, I, I, I am careful about it. So I'm willing to jump right now without my AAD. But the fact is, is my reserve's out of date, and I just don't want to have my rig repacked without my Cypress to two weeks later have it reopened and reinstalled and deal with all the bullshit of that. So I, I'm just choosing to wait mm-hmm. because my recurrency jump, and I say recurrency, I'm not legally uncurrent, but my recurrency jump will be a two-way with Mr. P. Down. And you know exactly mm-hmm. what that jump's going to be. I mean, are we going to hold hands and sing to each other? Nope. You're going to save my life. Oh, fuck. Oh. My recurrency jump is nice. DJ being a shitty student and Nick chasing my ass Damn down. It. That's There's awesome. your warning. That's, I have a question that's for you, depressing. Nick. Do you miss uh, video now that you're a manager? Oh, so much. Aww. Yeah, so much. I just miss... Uh, I miss... I mean, I get a bullshit with customers in a different way. Of I just get to pick anyone that I want and be like, hey, guys, what's going on? Tell me about why you're here, yada, yada, yada. And I have no time limit other than, you know, something arising at the drop zone that needs my attention. That's going to call me away from, from a conversation. But I can visit with people. I can show people around. I love answering silly skydiving questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really do enjoy that. But that's different than the magic of sharing a skydive with someone for the first time. And uh, and just being there, you know, I love that moment in free fall when it goes from from scary to fun. When you see someone realize how much fun they're having yes. and how neat it is, I really miss that. But uh, I'm happy just to know that that is still happening. It's still happening, and that uh, you know that that those work jumps that my friends uh, probably need more than I do that they're getting those. 
that's that's all good to me. Yeah. And so why is DJ going to be a shitty student? Well, uh, he <laughs> tricked me into I'm going to say I'm going to say tricked because I'm the victim of agreeing to do uh, an AFF course. Ah. Now, <laughs> I'll 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 go full disclosure. I remember for that half ass conversation. He was yeah, like, "Yeah, it was in the, it was in the car." Yes, so you're like, "You're in, motherfucker!" In, in the land, yeah. <laughs> so what you didn't know in that car conversation is what I knew. So I'm going to go full disclosure with this information. Nick has played back and forth with the idea of doing an AFF course, mm-hmm. and he's been uncertain. And one of his thought processes has been, well, at least for me to have an understanding of what these guys go through. And again, he's been hit and miss. But one thing he for sure agreed with, and he shot plenty of video for my courses, is to say, I at least want to go out and do one of those eval style jumps just just because I think I can do that. And honestly, I agree with you. I do believe you can do it. Um, I believe it's harder than you realize, and I believe you realize that, but I believe it's also very attainable and very easy for you. I think you're going to make it look good. But experience it. <clears throat> yeah. Know. And so Nick has had this thought here and there about doing it. And just prior, Nick, sorry, I'm throwing, I hope you don't no, mind. I'm, yeah, I know what you're going to say. It's just fine. prior <laughs> to us going to the land, Nick came to my house one night and said, DJ, we need to talk, bro. I think maybe we did a phone call. I don't remember which. I'm like, what's up, brother? Spaceland just offered me the manager position and I was going to say no because I knew it was coming. <laughs> and dude, I don't think I can say no. What do you think? And my first statement was, dude, I think you're great for the job. I think you're going to be awesome at the job. I think you're the right fucking man for the job. And I still believe that firmly today, especially after watching you execute. Um, but I killed I, a guy. I killed a guy. Uh, but I also believe... Might uh, want to lay low for a while. But I also told you, you have my <laughs> full support. Tr- no, fucking tried it. And <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Uh, we're, no, no. we're quoting movies and I'm ruining it. It was really go nice thing it. you say. No, no, thank no, go you. for it. Go for it, man. You have my full support. And I don't think my full support means necessarily much, but I do believe my full support means something because what level of interaction do I have with Spaceland managers? Uh, pretty high. I mean, uh, your advice and uh, level of experience is highly sought, I would say. Thomas Hughes, Ben Nelson, both come to me on a regular basis for advice. They've been told by Steve Sr., if you have a problem with these areas, you go to DJ. That is the biggest compliment. It is the biggest humbling statement ever. Steve Sr. called in Steve Jr. one day to the office in Manifest. Stephen Boyd to the office. I happened to walk in at the same time. Steve Sr. looked at Manifest. Cancel the call to Stephen. DJ's here. We have all our answers. It's the large, dude, Steve Sr., he's a picky motherfucker. You know that. And the fact that they trust me is super respectful. And I told you, Nick, you have my utmost support. A, any manager at Spaceland is going to get it until they turn it down. B, you're my fucking homie and you know how I feel. So we knew just before we went on that land trip that he was taking that position. Does the rest of the conversation make sense to you now? Yeah, it does. So the rest of you guys who don't, who aren't so lying. I picked y'all up from the airport, and we were headed to the uh, the house, and that's that's when I remember y'all talking about I it. I told Nick, now that things are the way they are, I forget how I said it, but I said it kind of ambiguously to you, but obvious to you. <laughs> you, do, you know what's funny is I didn't give it. You know, usually when you pose this question to me, I give it some thought, and I think, uh, how long has it been since I've seen a crazy AFF video that made me not want to do it? <laughs> Or all uh, that fucking military AFF. Oh, video. dude, that Holy video fuck, was that insane. The shit out of me. That was. But by uh, the way, that military AFF video, they take a lot more liberty than we do. They uh, military AFF is very different than civilian AFF, <laughs> especially with those fucking rucksacks. I just imagine the a Lord. fucking flat spin with that big ass fucking rucksack, and yeah. I gotta stop that motherfucker. That's crazy. Oh my god! How many jumps do you have to do to be a tandem instructor? How many skydives do you have to have to be a tandem instructor? Five hundred at least. How many tandems do military guys have before they take a five hundred pound bundle on the tandem? 
less than like, 100 jumps. Yeah, I was going to say very it's 100. few. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's right there. And, and I'm not saying this is a guess. I contract with Special Forces Military. I train Special Forces Military with some of the things we do. The, I'm saying this knowingly. Are so. those static line jumps 100 or is it um, They're having do- free fall time? Uh, combo. Okay. Yeah, they have 100 jumps. So no specific... Most of them mix. are going to be free fall because the guys jumping bundles are SF Special Forces or okay. SOG Special Operation Groups. Um, so the dominant number of what they're going to have is going to be free fall. They get airborne qualified through a static line, but a lot of SF don't even do airborne qualified. They go straight to military free fall school. So, uh, MFF military free fall school was based in Yuma, Arizona for years. Now, uh, the army and the air force use TAC air in San Diego, uh, super good crew. And our buddy Jay Stokes, you know, Jay, you know, Jay been on the show, uh, actually runs the Air Force Department of, uh, of uh, TAC Air and also works with the Navy Department. So, or Army. No, they do that. I forget which one. I think they do the Navy Department, not the Army. Army is Fort Bragg, if I remember right. Um, I forget what the but fuck. I, oh, I can't imagine having 100 jumps and that much weight that far low down. Like, there's no That's way actually to, easier. That's difficult to be able to control yourself. It's more, more weight low down is actually the easy part. It's the landing, the more weight low down is the hard part. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like just the canopy control part of it. What do light things do, Elsa? You float. <laughs> <laughs> what do manly things do, Justin? Manly. <laughs> Plummet towards the ground at high rates of speed. Yeah. By the way, we have a goal. Uh, Nick and I discussed this this weekend. We're going to get a group photo. Uh, we need a group photo. Elsa, sorry, you're going to get left out of one of the group photos. Sure. Because I don't know if this will work because for Because I don't have a beard. Uh, well, <laughs> Justin on his belly with me in a set on one hand and Nick on his head in the other hand. How dope would that be? Oh, yeah. I see why I'm kind of leaving you and hanging. just like cradling his head. <laughs> just <Yeah>. like... <laughs> So the next one is 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 maybe, and then I want to get another free fall shot of all four of us together. I really want to do a Gravity Lab radio shot. Um, I really want the crew together. And else I think you see why we want to do one with just the three of us. Sure. Because yeah. I don't know if you're going to stay with Justin on his belly or with, uh, like for me to be in a sit and dock on Justin while Nick is holding it is pushing my, my limit of control. Nick sure. has flown with me in a sit. He knows that's the truth. Um, so when I told Nick on the ride back to the story, Hey Nick, now that you're in your position, I think you should uh, go ahead and do that AFF rating. He's like, yep. Um, and, (laughs) and the inference there was, and Nick understood it then. And and those who don't, Nick's going to be managing skydiving staff. So he's not going to get every rating. For example, Hey Nick, want your tandem rating? Not yet. Okay, cool. Don't blame you. But his goal and his statement, Ben Nelson, same goal and same statement. I need to understand what my staff does. Nick's not going to do a tandem rating, not because he doesn't understand it, but as a tandem videographer, you're highly interactive and you do understand it to some degree and limit. I mean, I've described it recently as, uh, let's take the the crocodile hunter. What what was his name? Steve Irwin. He was never a crocodile. Dundee. (laughs) Or crocodile Dundee. Perfect example. Neither of these men were ever crocodiles, correct? But they knew a shitload about them because they watched them all the time. (laughs) So I think I've watched enough tandems to know a little bit about them that uh, maybe I might not. uh, I've watched a lot of porn (laughs) and I still suck at sex. (laughs) It's too bad. It's a really hands-on experience. But uh, so, no, I don't feel like I need to know as much from the tandem master's perspective with how closely I've worked with that department. But... uh, you know, AFF STP is is pretty new as far as understanding. You know, just the demands of a, of an AFF jump and being with an AFF student all day and what they go through. I would I would like to know more. 
and uh, I feel like you're going to help me as much as it might uh, slightly terrify me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't think it's even the the flying that I'm worried about. I don't think that it's uh, what, you know, I, I my memory is not great, especially uh, I just need reps for something to stick. And so I worry about the, the ground prep and uh, the bottom end dance. Those are two things that, that I think I will struggle the with. The bottom end dance is just simply a dirt dive, and that's going to be very easy for you to get. For those of you who don't understand, at the end of a skydive as an AFF instructor, I need to first and foremost give my student a chance to prove himself. Hey, Nick, are you going to pull? I'm going to let you try without me giving you any hint, any suggestion. From there, man, Nick, you're not remembering to pull? I'm going to give you an altitude reminder. Hey, Nick, look at your altimeter. Shouldn't you be doing something right now? Then we'll give you a second to process that. Oh, Nick, you're not getting my fucking hint? Hey, bro, here's a pull signal. You should be pulling now. Oh, you ain't getting that hint? Fuck you, I'm going to pull for you. So wait, altimeter reminder, pull signal, pull for you. Now watch this. 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. Dock on them at 5,000, little instability, so you can help them pull. That's really the bottom end dance. Altitude, pull it back. Pull, pull it back. Redock on the mm. reserve side. On the main side, help them pull. That's it. Man, that sounds right. I agree. That's one of, I think that's one of the easier things. Yeah. Now you guys are gonna make me ruin my pulling out <laughs> joke. Yeah. Now <laughs> the, the thing that people worry about, and and I'm gonna really retract from where you're at to coaches. So many people get their AFF rating. I pointed at Justin and Nick. So many people worry about getting their coaches rating because you're not gonna remember everything. And damn, Skippy, you're fucking not. I landed from my first live AFF jump, and Gene Newsom, my partner, looked at me and goes, "What happened?" And he asked me what happened in the training process of helping me understand and memorize. And I'm like, he pulled. What else do you remember? <laughs> we left the airplane. I'm a highly experienced skydiver at this point, and I could land two jumps ago from an AFF eval jump and tell you everything. But my first live student, we exited, he pulled. That's <laughs> what I knew. I watched the video. I'm like, dude, I interacted with a student. I did everything right, but I just had no fucking clue. I feel like the only thing you're focused on, like on that on that first one is what are the automatic unsets? I'm going to think about those, not do any of that. And I'm going to make sure a parachute comes out. Hang on, are we talking <laughs> about eval jumps or live student jumps? He's talking about live student jumps because the automatic unsats are the things that you need to make sure you guard your student. And I love the way you thought about and presented that the things that will automatically fail you from the course are not there to fail you from the course they're there to not let you fail a student. And the way you put that, Justin, is fucking brilliant, buddy. Yeah, and that's all you remember. Like, okay, I, I didn't do any of the things that are automatically going to fail me. Which means you're <laughs> not, not going to fail the yeah. student. Yeah. So <clears throat> it, it, it's those of you who are thinking about a coach rating, those of you who think about an AFF rating, and your concern is remembering what happened on the DJ Marvin of the Rating Center. <laughs> uh, no. Chris Vidala. <laughs> Hank Pruitt, Aaron Sanchez, Pedro Ramos, uh, Greg Levin is a newest addition to our crew, uh, Chris Brewer, these, uh, Valerie Marvin, these are the rating center. I am the business manager. I do run courses. I am the motivator behind the scenes. But every motherfucker who teaches my courses is the rating center. Every person who's taken a course with me, and I will point to all three of you in the room because you took a coach course, you took multiple courses, you took a canopy course. The rating center, in my mind, is every single person who's partaken 
of our services because we have developed through each and every one of you. Uh, so thank you for the plug for DJ and the Rating Center, but to my friends and my family and those homies because honestly, Chris Vudala, Hank, Aaron, Pedro, Chris Brewer, and Greg Levin and Valerie Marvin, they're doing the heavy lifting. I'm a business manager more than anything at this point. It slightly hurts me to say, but it means I have a larger impact. If I was more involved in courses, I wouldn't have as big of an impact as I could exponentially do. But you coaches and you instructors who are afraid you're not going to remember everything, GoPro, straight up, GoPro. Now, when you land, do not look at your GoPro. Instructors and coaches, never, ever, ever look at your GoPro Some before you do that's advice right there. Never. Because if you do, you'll never develop a memory. When you land, debrief your student 100% to your memory and only give them the truths as you know them to be 100% true. We're going to pretend Justin tumbled and out there. And ask the them first. Ask them first. <laughs> Absolutely, because they're going to fill gaps I in your mind. I remember that too. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to fill gaps. When, when I tell my student, Justin, tell me what you thought, what you remembered. Ah, oh, now I understand what we're wrong because I understand your mindset, right? That's part of the good coaching process. And, well it, said. and it forces you to go back through it in your head. Absolutely, sometimes. man. I really like the fact that you still have the fresher perspective than me because you're saying things that I think are super important. Um, from there, watching the video or, or debriefing your version first helps reinforce your memory. But don't paint yourself in the corner. Yo, Justin, for sure I saw you tumble, man. I'm not 100% sure why I saw you tumble, but I know a secret how to fix it. To you new jumpers, you sound like, oh, man, I'm getting a fucking secret. Oh, he's going <laughs> to tell me something special. Does anybody in this room know this? When, when, when I say, hey, Justin, I, know why you, I don't know why you tumbled on an exit, but I know a secret how to fix it. Do you guys know the secret? I'm going to start with you, Nick. Uh, I would say uh, good presentation. Teach them how to do it right is what oh, you just yeah, described. Oh, yeah, okay. So yep. I just wonder what, what your secret would be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's no secret. The, how they did it wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, you just tell them the right thing yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah, or get them to demonstrate it for you. Yeah, here's the Dem- reality. Demonstrate it. Yeah, explain yeah. that because it's well said. Because yeah. it, it, okay. Show me what you did in the door. Show me the setup. Show me what you did, and you stand back and you watch them set up, and you watch how they exit the airplane. You're gonna see it right then and there, almost guaranteed. So use all these tools, and I've actually never used the word demonstrate, and I love the fact that you <laughs> used it because I'm stealing it in my courses now. Thank you very much. Um, man, test your memory, Joe, your memory, have the students show you. And then when you watch the video, you will learn your memory. Justin, your first STP or AFF when you landed, how much did you remember? Not my, my first as a student, as, a, as an instructor, as an instructor, no, not yeah, much at all. <laughs> how much did the video help you in the end result? A lot. I, to, what I remembered was what they did wrong, but I had no fucking clue what they did to cause that issue. I just know that they had this issue. Yeah. Now, I want to actually change the way Justin said that for you new coaches and new instructors. I don't remember what they do wrong. I remember what to tell them to fix. Right. Hey, do this instead. Hey, do this instead. Hey, do this instead. Make sure you present out of the airplane. Exactly. Like, we, we fucking tumbled. Well, uh, you probably didn't present, so make sure you present. Whether it's an over-presentation, an under-presentation, a backwards, it doesn't matter. Present right is going to fix the problem. So, A, you're not going to have the best memory. GoPro is going to help you learn that memory. B, it doesn't matter how they fucked it up. Teach them how to fix it right. And if they fix it right, no matter how they fucked it up, would it be better? No doubt in my mind. If you can point out what they did wrong and how they can improve that, you'll be a better instructor. And Justin, can you do that today? 
Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and there's no reason to point out every little fucking thing. Just pick the biggest thing. Two to three. Talk them through it. You know, one or two, three. One, two or three things, depending on what it was. Uh, don't focus on all the little bullshit. Like, just the very basic of the basic. One of the I, I'm training a canopy coach and Greg Levin. Welcome to the team. Uh, you know him as Gregory David on Facebook. Greg Levin is a uh, lead instructor at Spaceland San Marcos for the uh, for for some of us who need to know uh, business wise. Uh, Greg Levin is joining the Rating Center team. He will be teaching canopy courses full time at Spaceland San Marcos. So we finally have a full time guy there. He's training as a coach examiner as well. Um, I f- forget what I was saying to that point. Does anybody help me out? Mm. Um, that you have a man crush? I have a man crush. No, I don't. <laughs> He's a handsome fella. He is a handsome fella. Is it about what you remember? What you remember. You don't have to remember what they did wrong. You don't have to remember how they did it wrong. You just have to be able to show them right, no matter what they did wrong. Absolutely, it's a huge help if you can say, Justin, this is how you did it wrong. This is how we're going to fix that problem. But as long as we show them right, you don't have to be a genius. Most of my debriefing skills in my life and most of the reasons people tell me, oh, my God, you helped me so much. Like, I had no clue what you did wrong, bro. I just told you how to fix it. (laughs) Now, today it's a different story. Today, and if you've been in a course with me, you commonly you will hear me commonly say, hey, man, I need to take a guess because I can't think in your brain. But I'm going to guess what you were thinking. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. And most students are very honest with me, like, no, you're wrong. This is what I was thinking. Like, cool. Then we can work with it. But regularly, people tell me I'm right, not because I'm smart. I've seen the same mistake thousands of times, just over and over and over again. You will get there, guys. You have GoPro. If you're afraid to be a coach, GoPro will help you with your memory. Train it. If you're afraid to not be able to catch mistakes, no matter what the mistake is, train it right, and you will be good to go. And what I would add to that is don't get caught up on the physical technique, like my knees moving a half an inch. Oh, fuck it's like when people get into that mindset, I try to talk them out of it. Like, okay, just, just relax. Don't think about that. What you want to think about is putting your body in this position and being there, uh, moving to this place, uh, turning. And when you see me stop, don't think about what your body's doing specifically. It, you're going to develop that awareness later on. It's more about your mind-body connection. I want if you think about what you're going to do, your body's going to do it. I want to use Justin as a perfect example. And I say Justin is a perfect example. He's a manly man. When I say a manly man, he has a healthy fall rate. <laughs> and quite honestly, as a man with a healthy fall rate, you... It's a little more healthy now, I found out last weekend after, this, <laughs> after, after, after the COVID-19. Fuck. Uh, you actually have to fall in a different body position than Elsa, who has a light as a feather fall rate. And we regularly see manly men fly a different body position that is not inherently stable. I honestly don't fucking care how good you are as an AFS student. I really could give a fuck less. I care how stable you are. And I've watched a lot of big guys fly with what I consider a shitty body position. But I see they're flying at super stable. I'm done. I don't fucking care. There's four of us in the room. Two of us have a shitload of experience. You have a bunch of experience and you have a Okay, amount of experience. All four of us fly different. Anybody argue that statement? Mm. All four of us fly well. Mm. Anybody argue that statement? For your experience level. Yeah. You're exactly. not the I know. It's like, I'm such a baby bird. But yeah. yeah. No. I try. Uh, w- one of the reasons we wanted you here, we want fun jumpers to sit in that, not sit in that chair to share this room. We need the fun jumper perspective. We need the new jumper perspective, which Justin has lost touch of, <laughs> respectfully. 
Stop you've really started. You know what I mean? You started. <laughs> well, you, thanks. Dude, you, yeah, exactly. It's when you joined the show, you were a brand new instructor. <laughs> now you've been an instructor for a couple of years. You've gotten a lot more experience. Um, <laughs> my first time sitting on the sidelines was during my AFF course. Yeah. So there are some tips. There are some hints for you guys. Guys and gals, we're turning Bill, into pumpkins. Bill, we got one. Bill, we got <laughs> one. Uh, guys and gals, we are turning into a pumpkin. And, and honestly, for a couple of you in the room, we have a quick business meeting after this. It'll be very short and very quick. So we need to wrap up. Uh, we need to get into pumpkins. Mr. P, what else you got, bro? Get That's into it. pumpkins? So, Do you already have the whole cut? It's a big pumpkin. It's like Cinderella. <laughs> uh, no, uh, super happy to be at Spaceland. Super happy to be uh, playing this this new part. Uh, so thanks for everyone who's made me feel supported in that role. I really, I really appreciate it. Safe to say next week we'll be back you with Murphy. You deserve it, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, Mr. G, what else you got? Oh, man, it's good to be back. <laughs> it's good to it's have you back, good brother. good to be back. Love having you in that chair. Next time you're in that chair, it'll be an autonomous chair. It is super fucking comfortable. It's super adjustable. C-pan <laughs> and everything, dude. You'll be so much more comfortable. Uh, man, we'll end with welcoming and congratulating Elsa Peterson. Thank you for being on the team. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Guys and gals, a Gravity Lab Radio has really grown to expand. We are actually also Gravity Lab Media Group. It is a side business, it is a side venture that Mr. P and I started. If you need video production, if you need photo production, if you need social media management, Elsa Peterson, Nicholas Lott, DJ Marvin, we are Gravity Lab Media Group, <laughs> and we will blow your horns. Also, not only part of Gravity Lab Media Group, welcome to the Gravity Lab Radio family. Thank you. Elsa Anything you want to share with your friends and family as we are parting our ways? Uh, mm, no, I guess I, I don't know. Just let's do this. Let's do that. I love it. That's <laughs> a perfect statement. Elsa, for those guys and gals behind the scene, you're about to learn something that Mr. G knows, but nobody else does. Elsa, as we're closing the show, Mr. G will see me do this number right here, and I'm clicking my finger, which... <laughs> Did you program another sound into that? No. Uh, that? That was Nick. From? That was Nick. Uh, that motion is cue the music, cue the sound, play that funky music, white boy. Ow. Next Tuesday, we'll be back with Roberto Hernandez. Mumphy! We'll be back on the show. Uh, guys and gals, till then, Grab Lab Radio, Blue Skies, we are the fuck out. Elsa Peterson, Woo. welcome to the team, girl. Fuck all of you. <laughs>